everyone, and thank you for the download. Depending on my editing speed, it's around Friday, April 9th, and this is episode 33 of the Marty Called Podcast. I'm Tim Grassy, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Assault Nasaki. What's up, Josh? Call me Cake, because I'm going straight to your ass, cowboy. <laughs> okay. And little Benny. How you doing, Benny? I don't appreciate you telling that clown story about me. I told you that in total confidentiality, and <laughs> don't appreciate that going out over our airwaves. At Sorry, least he gave the shortened version of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did. We did drop out of uh, some Apple top ten or whatever top hundred <laughs> lists as a result of that show. You're welcome, listeners. Yeah. Uh, so so just, wait, 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 wait. No, we're not letting you off that easy. <laughs> yeah, ben, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Ben and I get this email, and I'm pretty sure the title was, "Hey guys, have a great idea for an April Fool's show." <laughs> yeah. And then some confused looks and head nods later, we're out of the fucking top ten. Nice work, buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. So, uh, for people wondering what the fuck that was, uh, this is something... Easy with the F-bombs. You gotta put them in there. It's like seasoning, Tim. Don't, don't put you, too much on. Gordon Ramsay include, called. Calm it down. You can include me and Josh on what the F that was, because we still don't understand it either. Yeah, I, I heard the beginning of it, and then I checked it. My contribution, by the way, was the crickets. So, if you enjoyed <laughs> those, welcome. go ahead and smash that like button. <laughs> So uh, this this is not a Tim Grassy original, although variations of it, uh, people are allowed to put their own spin on it, kind of like the aristocrats. Well, it's not like you could ruin it. Right, exactly. So, But the, the gist is a long, meandering story that ends with a disappointing uh, uh, punchline. So, but wait, 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 wait. But the amazing thing is that normally Tim has to travel to Japan in order to produce one of those. So this <laughs> that was, was gold, <laughs> as was the clown joke. So uh, the, the joke here, uh, this is something that, that – uh, my friend, um, I should mention his name because his name is rather funny, but I'm not going to. Uh, a high school friend and I would tell, usually in a large group of people where the majority of the people in the room had heard the joke. His name is Clint Torres. Uh, <laughs> it is not far off, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll just wow. say that his first That's name is BJ. His oh, first wow. name is BJ, and <laughs> it goes point, downhill it, from there. doesn't really matter what his last name is at that point, does it? Uh, he, when, when he went to college, he... Uh, he changed Cummings? His name. He cha- no, not not quite. Swallows. Sure, let's go with that. Okay. Um, but no, when he, when he went to college, he changed his name to, or he went by his legal name of Robert, uh, because for all, the first 18 years of his life, everybody, everybody had been calling him BJ. And then as soon as a friend from high school went to visit him in college, they said that his name was BJ, and all of his friends like, oh, well, now that's your name, because that's a lot <laughs> funnier. So anyway. I mean, not a huge sports fan, but still... Dick Butkus, legend. I'm yeah. just saying this, these things happen. The last name is closer to that. <laughs> oh. Who would have thought Tim's explanation of this joke would take as long as the joke itself? <laughs> well, now, if you go back and listen to the Japan trip report, uh, you'll notice that Chris interrupts me several times during the two hours and 45 minutes that that took, and much in the same way that that happened. That's what a monster. I know, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I had to break up the monotony. We so can't anyway, go four sentences without doing that. I mean, he should be given some sort of award for allowing you to go that long and only interrupt at- you three times. At least Bergen's bad inter- uh, monologue jokes to start the old e-ticket shows were like only 30 seconds long. So <laughs> The uh, the gist of the joke is to tell it in a room of people that have already heard it with like one or two people that haven't. And the other people are kind of building it up to be this great thing. And it's funny for people that have heard it, but not the people that haven't. So it translates awesome to a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, to, and it's to something a person. that I've wanted to do for a while, and I really don't care. Yeah, there were people that were driving through Atlanta when they started that that ended up in Indianapolis before they realized how disappointed they were. 
<laughs> it's made for a group of people, but we gave we delivered it to people listening by themselves on their headphones. That's yeah, awesome. it makes a lot of sense. Yep. It's we amusing have- for me, and whether the listeners give a shit, I don't care. But you got to remember, Tim too is the guy that really injected spreadsheets into the podcast format, which is another oh, sort of uh, odd couple that he p- managed to pull off. So exactly, I, I, uh, I feel like we're working with a pioneer here. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> now so. we've got to deliver some gold here so we can get back in the top ten. Yeah, top, so that we can, or top so ten thousand, whatever it was. We redeem from the April Fool's joke. Uh, you should have been warned by the description. By the way, it says Tim tells a joke that falls flat. That's the description of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that was the, maybe if it was like Tim tells the best joke ever, that would have been yeah funnier. Maybe I don't know. Yes, for the record, I am very well aware that that was not a good joke, but it amuses me, and that's all that counts. So yeah, He's changed his story. He told me that that was the best joke he's ever heard. <laughs> the uh, The reason why we're doing a show is because we haven't done one in two months, and we figured that it probably uh, was worthwhile to follow up from the train wreck that I just put out. So we put out a call for some listener questions, uh, primarily about the college program, because uh, little Benny has been to the college program. After and, he left uh, the circus, he went straight to the college program. <laughs> yeah, he has yep. some uh, he has some anecdotes to tell, and I believe what? How did you say you wanted to uh, phrase it? Everything you wanted to know about the college program, but were too afraid to ask. Something along the lines of that. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I, I, I've I've told all the G-rated stories on Inside the Magic over the years, so I figured this is the uh, this is the place to tell the good stuff. Yeah, we don't want the G-rated stories. This is Inside the Maggie, which is a, <laughs> sort of a derivative. There you go. <laughs> Maggie being lovely. a popular female name from the 90s. <laughs> Thank you for explaining the joke. That really, <laughs> if you didn't, uh, if our listeners didn't like the explanation that I gave, Josh is now following that up with his own joke uh, explanations. <laughs> I was trying to uh, conjure up the spirit of that Eurotrip joke where the guy was going to zoos him in with Mike, but it ended up being Mika, a, pom- a popular German girl's name. <laughs> Yeah, say if Tim could tell terrible jokes, then why can't I? <laughs> and on that note, we're going to go to our first listener question. This one comes over on the Tweety machine uh, from <laughs> oh, <laughs> username Hugh Manturd. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the name is Professional Oxygen Breather. That's a pretty good gig. This is a very loaded question, as Ben says. What funny stuff do the college program kids get away with doing that Disney doesn't necessarily want them doing? It's a very loaded question, Ben. Uh, Hold on. I'll drill down to some specifics after you cover the (laughs) sort of general here. Let me get prepped here. Is that what he calls a little Ben? A little general? (laughs) A little general. Well, what didn't they get away with? That's that's the bigger question. Uh, You know, I I know I've spoken about this before uh, uh, in the past about... You do have counsel on the show right now. So what is the statute of limitations for him telling these stories, Josh? Uh, I actually represent the listener, so... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, on the other hand, represent myself and only myself. You don't represent the Jim Henson Company in any way, Is that what you call it? Marie's like, what are you doing in there? I'm representing myself. Okay, there, counselor. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, No, I've said the past... the witness. I, I've said in the past, like uh, especially like in the Jungle Cruise, the best time to experience these things are at night, uh, and yeah. usually that's because that's when all the college program kids are working, and the college program kids, the majority of them, don't really care uh, about you know sh- show integrity or uh, anything really. They just kind of do whatever the heck they want to do. But, but, uh, but, but, all- what do you mean by let's drill down to that? What do you mean by show integrity, and what would be an example of not showing integrity? Uh, going out into the queue. Getting a chain from the queue, putting it around Sweetum's neck, and walking him around the pre-show of Muppets like a dog. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with that? 
pretty How much easy ev- is it to crawl in the Sweetums costume? <laughs> not easy. Uh, not easy at all. Uh, but that face, you know, eye level with like a three-year-old kid uh, is scared the crap out of him. And we did that. Uh, we also find out that uh, Brian Henson was actually in the park that day that we did that. And uh, word got back around to one of our managers. And we had a very stern talking to in the break room uh, the next day about, uh, I mean, it was like one of those. Uh, threats that if we had gotten caught doing that, this was because Bear in the Big Blue House uh, was playing in the Playhouse Disney Theater and was uh, going through show prep and everything and and getting that set. So I guess Brian was in the park trying to see, you know, how that show was coming along. And so we were threatened by the manager. If he had been here and he had seen this, that breaks every uh, agreement we have with him. He, He on the spot could pull Muppet Vision out of the park. He could pull Bear the Big Blue House out of the park, blah, blah, blah. We sat there and, you know, yeah. We're scared a little bit, uh, yeah. and I was way more scared than my counterpart because, you know, at that point I envisioned like having this long career with Disney in some some capacity. The dude that was uh, walking the guy walking Sweetums around with the chain didn't give a crap. Uh, he was there <laughs> for uh, you know a summer of fun at Disney in Florida. Had no aspirations to work in the company past what he was doing then. Uh, so he just laughed it off and didn't care. So, but no, that's the kind of stuff that we got away with. We, we got away with all kinds of, uh, shenanigans, uh, some in front of guests. Are you guys talking about shenanigans? Shenanigans. Some in front of guests. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Some not in front of guests. Uh, that would, that would happen more at the jungle cruise where I've talked in the past about dead skipper cruises and, uh, Mm -hmm. where we would have the, the people from pirates come over after close and we would go around the jungle and tell inappropriate jokes. And somebody from the jungle crew, you know, one of the skippers, one or two would go out into the jungle and do inappropriate things to the animals. Uh, why we go past (laughs) them and tell those inappropriate jokes. Oh, come on. I've told this before. Haven't I not? All right, just you know, let's recap. So we'd have some new listeners. That makes to the mistake of thinking we listen to him when he talks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thanks a lot. Tim's, you you have to understand. After Tim's last episode, we obviously have a whole cadre of new listeners that might not know the you know the history and the provenance of, of your existence. True, true, true. Horse enthusiasts. So what do you say? Inappropriate. <laughs> Spare uh, no detail. So my trainer Jerome. Whoa, whoa, uh, so whoa, 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 whoa! I have so many follow ups. But anyway, carry on. Mac uh, had a question. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's a joke just for Mac. Yeah. Uh, well, another, for Mac. Another great podcasting strategy. Yep. Indivi- individual jokes for individual listeners. We're very targeted here. <laughs> True. Uh, so th- there was a tradition at the Jungle Cruise that if it was your last day, if you were leaving the cup, not last day at that attraction, you were going to go work at another attraction. If it was your last right, day at Disney. Last day would, on the planet. You would do something that would tend to probably get you fired because you just didn't care anymore. And I only had one experience like that. And this is much more not for college program kids. This was much more for people who had been at the attraction for years and years and years. This was, this was one of their traditions that carried over. Uh, and so they would do something that would get them fired. And oftentimes that was – you know, that person going out and we would do one of these send off cruises at the end of the night. And that person would be out in the jungle, either in the jungle doing stuff or would be telling, you know, taking the crew around for one last trip. And this would be them telling the inappropriate jokes. Getting everybody well, together for one last ride. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, so, that's the cruise I want to go on. I mean, that should be right. advertised ahead of time. So Jerome went off into the jungle. Uh, we took a boat around. We didn't see anything until we got to the hippo pool. And as we come <laughs> around the corner to the hippo pool, uh, Jerome stood about maybe five six, five seven, uh, overweight white guy. Okay. 
that there all fits. There's your joke. Yep. And Jerome was in his boxer shorts. Pretty sure that's racist, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> on the back of one of the dancing natives. Okay. <laughs> so that was his send off. We come around the corner. We're looking in. We're all just dying because there's this there's this dude riding the back of one of the dancing natives like a horse, uh, kind of slapping it around and, and walking around. So that was that was his. I've heard other stories of, uh, you know, the, the Savannah scene was a very popular spot to get to uh, because you could get behind animals and make inappropriate gestures uh, behind them and uh, stuff like that. So there's there's other stories from other like skippers. Like the Chris from the Bloods logos with your hand? Yeah, like, like I'm totally confused. Yeah, um, you're going to have to clarify. Can you paint me a word uh, picture? <laughs> Making sweet love to a, this, uh, okay. a rhinoceros or a lion. By the way, for listeners, this this idea was Ben's sort of uh, brainchild, <laughs> so we have to make it as painful for him as possible <laughs> in Mardi Gras tradition. This is brutal. Uh, so that was that was one of our deals. And and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good God, I love the uh, chuckle. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that was. Uh, that was the gist of things would happen late at night that the that the skippers would definitely go off script and mainly it was because there was there was a huge factor behind this. One half of the college program kids didn't care. The other half was we were getting paid crap by Disney. So it wasn't like we would be losing this high paying job right. that we yeah. were vital for the money. You're losing a five dollar an hour job that Disney's taking all that money away from you when they're when when they're automatically deducting your rent and every, every other fee that they would pile on a college program kid. Disney made so much money off these college program kids that by the end of your, you know, middle to the end of your session, you just didn't care anymore and would get away with whatever you could possibly get away with. Uh, and part of it is because another question that'll be coming up, I'll tie the two together when you ask that question, but uh, the college program kids just were not treated very well. Uh, mm-hmm. You were not, you were not a, uh, high level CP within the company whatsoever. You were you did the grunt work. You uh, did the long hours, and you got paid the least. So whatever you could do to keep yourself entertained, you did. And usually that was by doing things that were completely off script or doing stuff. You know, when the managers weren't around, whatever you could push the envelope to get away with, you did. Uh, Lisa, uh, my wife, you know, th- theirs was a little bit different over in Fantasyland, but they would go and you know walk the attraction and take pictures all over the place. So she's got you know, photo albums of her at Snow White's Scary Adventures sitting on steps and sitting around audio animatronics, things like that. Things that that is that were completely off limits and, and you were not allowed to do and that regular uh cast members did not do. But again, college program kids were like, oh, you know, nobody's around, park's about to close, let's go walk the track and take pictures. And okay, that, so I have, that's I have what two, they did. Two two points here. One, I feel like Lisa did a much better job of taking advantage of, of her position than you did. Uh, you know, she's memorializing some of the greatest dark rides that have ever been created. You're yep, banging an animatronic zebra. <laughs> yeah, like I, this really does sort of uh, represent. Uh, it sort of embodies the difference in maturity between young men and young women. <laughs> but I, I did actually have a serious follow up. You mentioned that this was a tradition, and I was wondering: is this something that you think is this the deterioration of humanity? Where, where you know, in that era, and, and I'm sure now college program people didn't care or do you think if you were to go back to the 50s at Disneyland I don't even know if they had a college program then but if you go back to the original days of the college program do you think it was different or has that always been because it seems to me that young people are always young people and underpaid people are always underpaid people so it's almost hard for me to imagine a time when that didn't happen but at the same time you know you mentioned uh Jim has what is his son that you said was in the park yeah Brian yep yeah I mean 
first of all, I, well, I've never seen any of those contracts. I sort of doubt that one errant cast member is a basis to extract an attraction from a theme park, but, <laughs> but, but in any event, I, I, you know, I'm just wondering, do you think that's always been there? Does Disney kind of know this happens? Is it actually a big deal or is it sort of a tempest in a teapot? Uh, so I think, I think there probably was always some level of this, uh, to begin with. And, I think it's grown throughout the years. I And again, I don't think any of us was, you know, we weren't being malicious. We were just trying to have fun. And yeah. yes, we, we went outside the boundaries of what we probably could and shouldn't do and, and definitely went outside the stuff of what Disney would want to do. Uh, yeah, I but say. I mean, we weren't harming anything. We weren't harming ourselves. We weren't harming the attractions. We were literally just trying to uh, get through the final couple hours of extremely long shifts. Um, and and I feel it was probably relatively mild during my time. I do wonder how much it's escalated since because I was pre, you know, social media. I was pre clout chasing. Um, and now we are. And I think this kind of actually sparked some of this conversation with, uh, we've all seen the video of the Disney college program cast member who has now been fired, uh, from Disney for going around Disney Springs and drinking water from every fountain and every, you know, water source in, in that area. And a lot of that, that's all for clout chasing. That's all for, you know, trying to look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, I can only imagine if social media was around back when I was there, not necessarily the stuff that we did in the park, but definitely the stuff that we did back at Vista way is stuff that, uh, we're we're getting there. Yeah. Disney would not want, scene and that is that is truly the kind of dark side of the college program is what dark goes mo- more in the living quarters than <laughs> than what happens in the parks in the parks is jackassing around and being idiots but yeah. back in the living quarters is a quite different yeah. story and i assure you we're headed in that direction and i just want to make sure that we do a full exploration of your time in the parks yes 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 <laughs> I don't remember what where I heard it, but I'm sure you guys have heard similar stories about how the redhead on Pirates was often the ire of – not ire, but the uh, the target of several inappropriate gestures for uh, for cast members, be they college programs or Imagineers yep. or whatnot. Uh, yeah, I, I know of some skippers that went over and like, you know, looked under the dress uh, – and and to check things out, uh, I did get to walk that area, but that was during a. Uh, tri- what's the verdict on that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I wasn't one of them, and I don't know what the answer. You've never was. seen one in person. That's true. Uh, I could. <laughs> I have no no basis for a comparison. Uh, All vaginas have gears, right? <laughs> uh, but that was one get of that the. Drop. Yep. I, <laughs> I did get to walk pirates. I walked all the sets, but that was more of a uh, during that time that the. the uh, during an evac situation for pirates, there actually weren't enough cast members uh, in the rotations at pirates that they could safely evac everybody off of the boats. So while I was working there during those situations, skippers would have to go over there and help unload the boats off the show scenes, which meant we had to have a training session super early one morning uh, going through that whole process, which also entails that I got to walk throughout that entire set, go behind the scenes of every bit of pirates uh you know be up close to all the audio animatronics it was literally you know probably literally probably maybe uh how many boys can i describe that uh one of the coolest (laughs) days i ever had working at disney being the disney geek that i am and wanting to see how all that stuff works and functions and just getting to see all the behind the uh, scenes stuff there it is uh I, i mean the stuff that has happened 
over the years, I'm sure, would uh, cause any of us to even uh, to even cringe. So none of that really surprises me. So you, you've gone on some of the debauchery that you've that you perhaps witnessed yourself. What are just some of the stories you've heard? Because I'm sure that happened as well, uh, all related to the college program or just some of the the stunts that college yeah. programmers made. Like, do you have anything similar to what um, Jim and Len talked about on the most recent show, where they're using the uh, uh, significant torque on the trams to get it to uh, land on one of the concrete stanchions with uh, by doing a wheelie? I don't know if I have something like that. I know that you have substantial torque. <laughs> college program kids liked to try to break the attractions God, because it meant like we didn't, it meant we didn't have to work. It wasn't like break it in a really bad way, but if something was starting to go wrong, the college program kids were the very first ones to try to call maintenance and basically get the ride shut down for a period of time so they could take long breaks. So okay, I, I have to come and I apologize for the interruption, but it just occurred to me that there's a possibility that the most indifferent, lazy, useless group of people working there are also the ones that are doing the most to actually preserve the operational status of those attractions. Yeah. That's that's irony. Is that maybe how it all works? Is that the secret synergy of this whole process? You're, do, you, do you know what I am saying? Yeah, you are way smarter than me, so can you... <laughs> <laughs> Use smaller words, so, Josh. Use smaller words. Uh, College kid, <laughs> fix <ahead>. ride. <laughs> Well, the college kids do not want the ride fixed because it was way easier for us to uh, put a rope up in front throw, of the. That does throw yeah. a monkey wrench in my theory. Yeah, that that was what I was trying to say there. I guess maybe I didn't put it clearly. Is no, you did. If, I, I'm, if I'm something was not runner. working, yeah, something not working, we, we they would call maintenance. Whereas a regular cast member who's there all the time, they would try to either work through it, find the workaround, and keep the attraction up and running. Where the college kid was like, "Let's just throw a rope up and tell people the rides broke for a few hours, so I don't actually have to do anything." <laughs> and that happened not many times at Muppets, but at Jungle Cruise, uh, quite often. Uh, you know, you, it, it, we if an audio animatronic was not working the right way, something wrong, you know, something wrong with a boat, whatever you could possibly do to try to get that thing shut down for a little while, you would, uh, or the the college program kids would, uh, again, just so they didn't have to actually do the work. How do you break the Jungle Cruise? Uh, there's you make a definite a, joke here that I'm not going to make. You, <laughs> the easiest way to, is to make a boat jump the track uh, at the track switch. Okay. There's also at the savanna scene when you're going around the rocks where the lions are eating the zebra and before you encounter the uh, rhino. Yep. Uh, it's a pretty sharp turn that you're told to take that quite easy. Uh, because if you go at that thing full throttle, there was a good chance that you would uh, hop the track and okay. dislodge the boat. And when that happens, uh, especially that far out in the jungle, the the ride goes down for extended periods of time. Have you uh, perhaps, I don't know how to phrase this, have you done anything either with Muppets or Jungle yeah. Cruise where, yeah, yes. where, where you deliberately got an attraction shut down? Uh, no, I did, under oath. I did not. I did not. I was there, and I still think this stands, I was there for the longest delayed uh, shut down on Muppets uh, from from a. You were there for it, or you caused it? 
So one of the positions at Muppets is when you get there open, somebody goes through the, through the entire attraction and makes sure that everything's running. That means going through the pre-show, uh, watching the video, making sure it all runs, and then somebody actually goes into the theater. I think you've told the story before. I've, I've told I this on so. Inside the Magic, yeah, uh, where you, you sit in there and you watch the Never entire show and you're all by yourself. Uh and part of that is making sure, you know, obviously the film runs, but it's also in that attraction, making sure all the audio, audio animatronics are running properly. Uh, it's also supposed to make sure all the screens are working along the walls and technically the fireworks screens that are uh, <laughs> at the front. And those things, even when work. I was working there, that was taken off the list of if those aren't running, that's not a reason for this attraction to go down. But, you know, if Waldorf and Statler are broken, if, if uh, Bean Bunny is broken, if anything with uh, the penguins is malfunctioning, uh, badly, uh, that attraction goes down. Uh, any any major audio animatronic malfunction makes that attraction go 101. Uh, 101 is termed for down, uh, broken, uh, and shut down for, for time. So I'm sitting there in the morning. God, it's like, you know, 7.30 in the morning. I'm watching Muppets for the millionth time. I'm half awake, not really paying much attention. And all of a sudden, the exit doors start opening and closing ra- uh, just rapidly, just slamming, slamming, slamming. And as I get up to go turn on the e-stop button to shut everything down, uh, which You're is You're going to have pan- another story later that just has that same dialogue in it, just slamming, slamming, slamming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where a certain college CP member goes 101 <laughs> on a handsome uh, young man <laughs> who happened to be driving the Jungle Cruise. Yes. Uh <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, the, the doors started slamming by the time I got over there to do the e-stop, the pre-show doors, uh, started doing the exact same thing. Just nothing was running properly. And there was, there was some malfunction, some shortage in the building that caused just a, uh, you know, just a surge that went through. I think that's just called a short. Short. Yeah. You're way better with that than me. Um, but we were down for eight hours, uh, on a nine- planned down day you know obviously there's there's days that maintenance is going to be in there and you're scheduled to have it shut down and we stand yeah. outside and say you know it's it's down for this time we have no idea when it's going to open but this was truly a we're down we have no clue when this is going to be back open uh and muppets is just a very reliable attraction that never happened uh rarely would you ever go down for more than one show if there was ever an actual issue uh <laughs> but this day we were we were out front for eight hours telling people uh we're not up and running. So uh, I did not do that deliberately, but I was the one in there that was, you know, had Muppets go poltergeist on me and uh, scared the crap out of me and <laughs> tried to figure out what the hell was going on and, uh, you know, got maintenance on the phone and yeah, got, got a nice day of not actually having to hand out glasses or, or do anything else. We just stood there and uh, told people to go ride star tours. On some podcast somewhere right now, some former CP members or some former CP person is talking about how they made that happen. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Josh, your policy on your cam shows is also to only uh, go down <laughs> once, right? Is that how it works? Uh, well, show? that depends. I have a tip line. And if, okay. uh, if you're a platinum member, then I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm a capitalist. We're definitely got to have the explicit warning on the show. <laughs> so... Uh, any additional stories that come to mind that perhaps you haven't told on a prior podcast, be they debauchery, be they just silly things that were done, um, things that you may have gotten away with that uh, now that you know some years have passed, you're comfortable telling. But let's confine uh, that to in the parks because I want to have a whole separate conversation about Vista Way. Yes. So I think that's I, worthy I, of its own segment. Uh, I, I was real good friends with one of the Sweetums. 
Okay. No, this was uh, just somebody we came friends with, and, and we hung out, you know, outside of the parks, and, and just got comfortable with where we could tell jokes to each other, and okay. you know, needle each other, and and get away with it. So behind the screen, behind where the the orchestra is, there's a long hallway that connects. Uh, so it, it, when you're sitting there watching the show, there's two doors on each side of the screen, one on the left side, one on the right side. And Sweetums actually comes through both of those doors at different times during the show. Uh, he first comes out through the left door. And then at the very end, uh, you know, when he checks on the audience after after uh, the theater has been blown up, uh, he comes through that right side door that's underneath the uh, uh, Waldorf and Statler. And behind the screen is a long hallway that's just wide enough for two people to walk by. And that's where Sweetums would, you know, take that long hallway back to the uh, break room for, for the Sweetums. That's also the hallway that if you got bumped from the pre-show to the theater position, you would take that hallway if the show was beginning or ending and you had to get over there quickly to spiel and, and get on the microphone and welcome the next set of guests in or, uh, you know, empty the show. So there were often times where you would be walking down that hallway while Sweetums was walking in the other direction towards you. And normally okay. you would just pass by each other. Nothing would happen. Go on. Well, this one Sweetums that I was very good friends with, he would see uh, me coming a, down. The, okay. I was going to ask, is it a, was it a man or a woman? Oh yeah. They, they were, every Sweetums was a, was a guy at that time. Uh, Interesting. Okay. And so we would walk down that hallway and as we would get closer to each other, uh, the Sweetums, in full Sweetums character and voice, would move his mouth and make inappropriate comments to me about things that he had been doing to my mom. <laughs> like what? Which, uh, my, the one that always sticks out to me <laughs> is I apologize to uh, your 14-year-old, uh, uh, was it cousin or nephew, nephew that's listening? Uh, the, the one that always just stopped me in my tracks as I was walking down the hallway. I was like, hey, Sweetums, how's it going? And Sweetums in, in Sweetums' voice just saying, oh, oh, pretty good. Finger banged your mom last night. That's great. Okay. And I just stopped. And what what do you say back to Sweetums when, <laughs> Me too. when he says that to you? You go, wow, all right. Uh, and so it was just uh, – uh, How every- big are Sweetums' fingers, just out of curiosity? So I'll see what your mom's working with. <laughs> Uh, so that, that was one of my favorite was, you know, yes, it was kind of a bonding moment. It was fun. If I knew he was bonding moment. Hey, I begged your mom it, last night. Have you ever had a seven foot tall Muppet say something like that to you? I have not. No, <laughs> not today. So I would imagine that is the pretty conventional answer to that question. <laughs> I, I have. So I consider myself special, uh, wow. in that situation. Uh, so no, it was, you know, again, we have Brian Henson joining us. Brian. <laughs> Uh, Your thoughts? Do you like rides uh, in vans? Because I'll make you feel special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, this is a, you know, you're working 8, 10, 12-hour shifts, and you're like, my God, I don't want to be here anymore. So, yes, you do look forward to that walking down the hallway if you know that Sweetums is working and going, oh, what's he going to say to me now to make me laugh, to get me through this next, you know, show that I'm about to have to sit through again? So uh, that was that was one of my favorite things that I haven't ever really told before on any show was the the daily inappropriate jokes that I would have to be uh, uh, subject to from Sweetums and, uh, you know, a monster that size. There's just not much you can do in response except sit there and take it. So Sweetums is a bit of a jerk is what I'm hearing. Sweetums was a jerk. Sweetums was a jerk. <laughs> I did wear the Sweetums costume uh, backstage one time, though. I do have... Violator. Uh, I got a couple pictures of that. I know I've shared those on social media that I 
I think I'm okay too. Uh, yeah, we'll elaborate. See. I've never heard more, but no, I just uh, I wanted to see what it was like. So I took a picture with Sweetums in the uh, break room. I was in my Muppets costume. He was wearing his Sweetums costume. Uh, then he said, "Why don't you try this on?" And I put it on. And yes, I have photos of me uh, in Sweetums' head. Uh, you know, walking around the the just break room. Let that so. one go. Yep, <laughs> you're welcome. Yep. <laughs> so, so just backstage, you never like put the full costume on and went on stage. No, no, never did that. Never did okay. that. Figured that was definitely a fireable offense, but uh, no, I did, did not know. do that one. Who knows at that point? Yep. <laughs> we have no way of knowing. Uh, exactly. Well, that, that was why we got away with so much stuff at Muppets is we never had managers there. Uh, we had the heads of uh, the union uh, there. We, uh, several, several high people in the union worked Muppets basically, basically because it was they were high. kind of – well, that and uh, it was considered a country club attraction. Like it's it's a super 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 easy job. There's there's you're inside for ninety percent of the job, except you're, if you're working uh, strollers or the greeter position. Uh, so you're in the air conditioning all day. You're not you know very active. You're sitting on your butt for you know extended periods of time while you're actually getting paid. Uh, so a lot of older cast members worked uh, that attraction and uh, especially because they were higher like ranking in the union and things like that management just never came around all that often they didn't they felt like they didn't have to uh, but those older cast members all worked during the day shifts they were all gone usually by four or five o'clock at night uh, which left it to that's the college to program their dinner pretty much uh, but that's when the college program kids would pretty much run the thing all by themselves we would maybe see a manager one more time the rest of the evening uh, maybe usually so where, not where would the managers be when they were not there did they have other attractions they were assigned to yeah so did the Hollywood they were in the Studios uh, costume making fun of Ben's mom <laughs> well Hollywood yeah uh, Hollywood Studios at that time you definitely uh, took the friendly direction on that yeah. one Tim <laughs> <laughs> They uh, they covered large swaths of the park. Uh, everything from uh, epic uh, Indiana Jones epic stunt show spectacular uh, through the backlot tram tour was all under the jurisdiction of uh, you know one or two managers that were on at that time. So they had to cover large large areas, and those attractions tended, especially like the backlot tour, uh, backlot tour, uh, as well as Star Tours. Star Tours was always a real finicky attraction. That that thing was always going down. Uh, they always had issues over there. So the managers would spend times at those attractions that would cause them a lot more headaches. Uh, whereas Muppets just kind of ran like a well-oiled machine. When you would turn it on in the morning, it stayed on all day long. And if something did go down, we could handle the downtime and then getting things set back and, and restarted on time by ourselves without having management involved or having uh, maintenance involved. So yeah, they you just never came around. oiling Star Tours was the problem? I mean, you said that Muppets is a well-oiled machine. So probably was that yeah, the problem? Okay. not enough gas. Um, okay. <laughs> so that's why, and that's what, you know, we would do things like, uh, I've told that story before. We would go over to Pizza Planet and whatever leftover pizza was uh, there at night, whenever uh, they would close down, we would one of the Muppets cast members would run over there and we would stack trays on trays on trays of the leftover pizzas that they were about to throw away, bring them back over to the break room. And that's we were paid stacks on stacks. Yeah. Well, we were paid so little. That was our dinner. That's how we ate. (laughs) That's arguably the worst thing you've done, by the way. What? Eating uh, that pizza. I love that pizza now, and it's, ma- it's mainly because of how many I've had in my lifetime. It's ridiculous. I don't even actually think that's pizza, but it's <laughs> not. Sorry for it's a not pizza. <laughs> but again, when you're making five twenty-five an hour, you'll eat that pizza. Is that gross? 
What? Pay, pizza? Gotta, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're making five twenty-five an hour and then paying tax on top of that? I mean, do they tax yeah. you on that? I feel like you got to be There's below no taxes in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the, the again, when we get the Vista Way, when they're taking... God, what was it back then? It was nearly a hundred dollars a paycheck out of it. Uh, and you know, I lived in an apartment with six people and they were taking a hundred dollars from each of us. So this, this little crappy apartment, they were making like $1,200 a month off of us and not, and they were taking it directly out of our paychecks. I'm talking total per room, per, per apartment, uh, with all the cast members in there. Um, with no amenities, no nothing. We had, we, we had, you know, amenities. We You're we surrounded pay- by college girls. That's your amenity. What did you yeah, want? A pool? <laughs> true. True. Yes. Actually, uh, that would have been convenient. That would have been nice. Uh, a clean pool. See, young um, people don't know what's up. That actually goes to one of our <laughs> listener questions. You're going to lock me. You're going to lock me into a building with a bunch of college girls for $200 a month. Man, I'm being robbed. I was like, but okay. Di- well, you're 40, dick. Disney was smart. They paid us through their credit union that they ran and owned. And any bills that we had to pay were taken directly from our paychecks before we ever saw a penny of it. So they got all of their money no matter what. Well, that is how and- you do that. <laughs> yep. It is, but it, again, but now, so we had, we, quick question, and I want Tim to chime on this as too. I don't know that you could actually. Do, I would think that it was be imputed income that you'd have to pay tax on. But were you actually able to get room and board pre-tax on that? Probably not. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I would think they would they would impute the deduction as income. Ben, right? what we can do is if you can pull up an old W two, we'll put that in the show notes <laughs> yeah. with, with your social security number, and yeah. we'll just take a look at how it is, and then I'll just go through the actual. Well, I was uh, going through the iTunes reviews the other day, and people were saying that you know the cursing is great, but I really wish there was some more tax conversation. <laughs> What's a W two? I've never filed any. What? I've never it's, heard of that. It's pronounced two. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spanish. <laughs> So my takeaway from this is that we need to have Ben do the Sweetums voice for the rest of the show. I think that's I'm fine I think that's with what it. we need. <laughs> Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie, hey, really? you see a bunny? <laughs> I probably a- say uh, a bunny once a week <laughs> whenever <laughs> a bunny rides and it goes into our yard. Rides into our yard, goes into our yard. <laughs> well, very sophisticated rabbits in here. Anyway. <laughs> we do. They actually have scooters. It's impressive. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Nothing up there but a bunny. A bunny? Bane! <laughs> We've got, uh, if, if we're going to get derailed this quickly, we have uh, uh, several more questions. Let's try uh, what's to get it between this show and a CP girl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, this, this comes from RetroCot fan. Uh, a lot of DCP are there. Love because the name. They, uh, they truly love Disney. Some are just there for a job. Is there a conflict between the Pixie Duster CPs and the Just Cashing a Check CPs? Good question. Right in line with what one of my questions was yeah. going to be. I support this. Regarding uh, things like dealing with guests, following Disney traditions, etc. Yeah. No, no. Uh, and I, again, there is definitely, I I wouldn't say 50-50. Uh, it, it, might be, it might be relatively close to 50-50 of people who just are dying to do the program because they are pixie dusters like I was. Uh, and others who are doing it either for college credit or doing it just to have fun, get away. Uh, you know, the, especially because... Somebody like myself who does it for one summer will come back and tell everybody at his college how much fun they had. And oft, you know, oftentimes it's more of the partying than it was like, I got to walk through the utilidors. Most of them don't give a crap about yeah, the utilidors. Care. But they're like, oh, the parties? Yeah, tell me more about that. And that turns into those people applying for the program and then going. I had several friends that ended up doing uh, things like that. So uh, 
it, 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 yeah, it might be closer to 50-50 between the two, but what we found was, yes, the, the Pixie Dusters were there, they had a blast, they treated the guests great, uh, and maybe there was a small portion of the ones that uh, didn't care you know, anything about the history of Disney that weren't fantastic cast members, but I think between them being around the, the Pixie Dusters enough... And, you know, you, you do do those, those things like traditions and you do take the classes and you do see the history behind it, that it converted a lot of people into enjoying their jobs. But also, you have to remember, if they don't do their job good, Disney was not hesitant to uh, term you, fire you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you got termed or fired, it meant you didn't get to do the partying anymore. You literally had 24 hours to pack your stuff up and get out of there. They didn't even provide you with the airplane ticket out. That was all up to you. So you were motivated to be a good cast member uh, as much as possible if you wanted to keep having the fun that you were having while you weren't working in the uh, parks or at the resort. Did you see people get fired or have uh, examples of why people got fired? Is a girl crying on the curb uh, outside the ticket booth in handcuffs uh, outside Pleasure Island as I'm walking back to the bus (laughs) to go back to the apartment? Uh, A girl that I knew that was saying, please help me, please help me, please help me. and she had to pack her stuff up by the time she got back to the apartment. Is that is that considered seeing somebody get fired? Because well, obviously, I'm, I'm going to need a lot more information there. <laughs> what, what did she look uh, like? Why was she crying? Have you seen her cry before? Have you ever made her cry? I believe it was. With the handcuffs uh, related to the arrest at all? Or was that just for yeah, fun? Were they fuzzy? Or were they- I, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, believe it was underage drinking that uh, turned into a fight that turned into the cops getting called uh, that ended up, they found out she was a CP. And that was a one phone call deal at that point. Uh, I'm sure, I, saw yeah. I saw her the next morning and that was the last time I ever saw her talk to her. What if she's out there this whole time thinking about you? <laughs> sure she Dream is. Dream weaver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one thing Disney took very seriously was underage drinking. Uh, yeah. and for probably two, a good choice. <laughs> yeah. For two of my three times there, uh, I was underage. And mm-hmm. I was underage, meaning you were under you were over eighteen, but under twenty one. Correct, correct. Okay. I was under twenty one, uh, so I was not at the legal uh, legal age to drink, and I was very cautious of that. Um, again, this was this was the start of my Disney career in my head, uh, which you know is this when you started drinking Listerine? Yes, okay. uh, <laughs> Nyquil. <laughs> this was. Not necessarily meaning I was going to work in the parks my entire life. You know, I was I was in broadcast uh, television. I was work. I wanted to work in sports. I wanted to work for ESPN. Disney made it very clear: you get you get fired from one branch of our company. You're fired from all branches of our company. You're you're not getting you're not getting hired anywhere. It's on your on your record on your sheet. You're not getting picked up anywhere. So I was. Ben is the only person I know that actually has a permanent record. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and so I was very cautious of that, and I was I I was a good boy those uh, first two summers. Uh, no, 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 that's why people are tuning in, Ben. They want to hear how good you were. Yeah, exactly. The, the, well, the, the one summer, the, the, tell the, us about the final, that when you did that uh, Habitat for Humanity thing. The final summer I was there. Little Benny loved the circus. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, no, the final summer I was there, I was of uh, legal drinking age. I made up for those two summers that I didn't drink. I don't remember a ton about that last summer, and I you wish I was. Hobo, didn't you? I wish I was joking because I drank so damn much during that uh, session, and 
had a blast. I mean, met my wife uh, while I was drunk that entire three and a half months. So I guess I did something right. I don't know if she was drunk, but I think that uh, that answer is self-evident. She has stories of taking care of me and my drunk ass that she's still ashamed of to this day. So on a scale of God Johnny Damon to Wade Boggs, how drunk were you? On <laughs> did you drink thirty-seven beers on a flight from uh, Philadelphia I, to LA? I was I on that scale. I was Harry Carey. Your resting Chicago. blood alcohol level was 0. 0.24. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let Josh, fi- let, let's let Josh figure this joke out. Come on. I know who Carrie here Carrie is. Carrie who Carrie? What did you say? Carrie. <laughs> Dick. Uh, That's because I'm not so, a sports nerd. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so that happened. Uh, I saw people get written up. I got writ- written up my last summer. Uh, Detail? Uh, it, it was because I was skipping work too much. Um, God, I would told- <laughs> you are the most boring person I've ever met. Any well, cast members that actually had some debaucherous stories, could they get on here? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so here's what it was. My last summer, I lived with five other guys who were also returning college program people. And Disney has a point system when it comes to calling in for work. Uh, and you can get, I believe it was up to three points in one month. Six points in two months and like nine mu- nine points over like a, a four month period, something like that. Right, and then I'm going to interject here and save the audience from this. Uh, here's the real question everyone wants to know the answer to. Young college people tend to be attractive. They tend to be horny. So let's let's hear about the sex that was going on over at Vista Way. I want to hear <laughs> the most scandalous rumor ever heard, the most incredible thing you ever saw. I want to hear about something really cool that I don't even know about yet. Just just blow my mind with the most crazy sex shit that happened as a part of that program. And go. So the point system. Uh, Ooh, I like it. <laughs> well, just to wrap that up, I, I, we, we, I'm glad you wrapped it up. I mean, that, I think that's a good idea. That is we good. Ha- we had a, we if had it ends a calendar. You'll be okay. <laughs> we had a calendar that we would all mark our days off. In Disney, if you called in one day, that was one point. But if you called in three consecutive days, that was also one point. Oh, we're really so still talking about if, that, huh? <laughs> yeah, if you, if you called in once, you might as well call in three consecutive days. And when you call in like, you know, 15 days a month and only have enough points to barely get written up, that that was, that caused my write-up. I was told I would have been a great candidate to be management at Disney if I didn't call off so often. Uh, so that was uh, – I did get written up my, my time there. All what? right, to the I would I see I would approach that differently. Like this is a guy who doesn't come to work at every possible opportunity. That is just a straight shooter with upper management written all over. <laughs> yep. Before yep. we get into uh, the Vista Way stuff, one more question related to that. Are your that I think TPS reports. Yes. Uh, how many hours a week do this is also from RetroCod fan. How many hours a week do uh, CPs work on average? And what was the schedule like? For example, you, if you work 30 hours, was it 10 hour days or six, five hour days? How did it break down? You worked the college program kids worked the most hours. So whatever, whatever that means, that's what it was. Uh, if the parks had extended hours, you were going to have your hours extended. Uh, you were going to work a minimum of five days, 40 hours a week. Uh, during the busiest times of the year, that usually inflated to six days and however many hours they wanted to uh, schedule you for. And the main reason for that was because, again, during my time, I made five twenty-five an hour. It's a lot easier to schedule a five twenty-five an hour. And, and yeah, we we were part of a government program, so Disney did not pay that full five twenty-five an hour. Uh, the government paid for part of that. That's why it's uh, it's you got credit for that stuff. They were subsidized on it. So, uh, yeah, if they wanted to, you Let know, that's sink in. When I worked for the uh, at the Jungle Cruise, it was a 14, 10 to fourteen hour shifts. 
Okay. They were they were scheduled uh, the the fall after I was there that summer. They were scheduled to go down for an extended maintenance period, and so they were hesitant to rehire and retrain any new uh, cast members at Jungle Cruise after they scheduled these summer CPs. So if anybody quit, if anybody left for another position, if anybody got fired, they didn't rehire somebody else to to add another body to that attraction. They just gave the college program <laughs> kids more hours. So that that's how they it really works. are the best. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you worked the closing shifts. You, you rarely worked opens. You were always the night shifts. Uh, so you, you you never had your nights. You you had the longest hours. You worked every weekend. So yeah, basically whatever Disney needed, the uh, with Dis- they would fill it with the college program kids. Before I mean, you had full timers that were complaining about not getting enough hours. It was so easy for me to give up shifts. Uh, at any attraction to a full-timer because they weren't getting scheduled like I was getting scheduled. Uh, and yeah, I, I, that's how I would take extra days off every week. If if I could give a shift up and the manager approved it, uh, then I wouldn't have to work that day, obviously. So uh, we, we college program kids would oftentimes, whenever we get the new schedule, we would at Jungle Cruise, we would pin it up on a little pin board in the break room and just say, all of these shifts are available. Let me know <laughs> if you want them. And full-timers would take as many of them as, as they could take. So on an in an average week, uh, I know that you're obviously giving up shifts, but how many hours would you work in an average week? First two summers, easily forty plus hours. Easy. Okay. Uh, but last summer, forty what, hours a week. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the, the, in, you know, I treated it like I had fun. I mean, I wanted to be a jungle cruise skipper my whole life. So I wanted to work jungle cruise as much as I could. Yep. Uh, I mean, was easy. you kept going back. You did it for th- what? Three years. Well, that third summer. Yeah. I gave up so many shifts. I mean, if I worked 25 hours a week, that might've been generous <laughs> at the same time. I had a full-time job already back home. So during the school year, I was already working for a professional sports team. I was making, you know, good money during the year at school. So I could, I had the money to, you know, be an idiot while I was there that last summer. So see, I think that's uh, the I way did. to do the CP program. Oh, I would absolutely. like to, I mean, I already have a couple of degrees, but I think it'd be cool to like, you know, enroll in some like, uh, you know, associate's degree program for basket weaving and be a CP and have yeah, that you know, money to all, do Josh. stuff. Yep. <laughs> Who cares? That's everybody else's problem. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. You know, I mean, yeah. the thing is, the, 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 this is like, I know I'm getting old, but it's like the old adage that youth is wasted on the young. You know, I totally yeah. get why if you were 19 or 20, you would hate that. I mean, I, I get it. It, it kind of sucks. You, you sort of have to have experienced a little bit of life, I think, to really appreciate the experience that that is. Yeah. And yeah. I do think it's a, it's a little bit different now, probably, because back then they really couldn't track us. So whenever we would call in sick, we could still go to another park. There was no real computer system that would track and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. This, this idiot called in today, yet he's at Epcot. What the hell is going on? Whereas today, I know there is a track system to uh, match that up. So if you call in sick and they find out you did go to a park, if you clock in somewhere and, 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 and get scanned in and or use your ID for a discount or something that pops you in the system and you called in that day, uh, you're in trouble. You're, you're in pretty solid trouble. So I don't know how easy or hard it is to do it these days. But back then, dude, I mean, shit, I, I went on a Disney cruise one summer, my second summer, uh, and I called in sick for three straight days to uh, Adventureland from the middle of the Caribbean. Um, 
And, and the key there, you want to know a little secret back then, was you would call before the park opened and leave a voicemail. You oh. never wanted to talk to a manager. You would just call in, leave the voicemail. You knew you were calling in before anybody started their shifts. I would give my name. I'm not feeling well today. Here's my cast member ID number. Uh, I will not be in. Thank you. And that was it. Hang up and done. And I would do that from the balcony of my uh, Disney magic room three straight days. And that all cost <laughs> me just one point. So I only had one point against my uh, ledger uh, for that month. So by the point system, that is that's rough. I, I I mean, I can't imagine there's another way to do it. I mean, I, I guess it, you can actually so- use those points for DVC rooms later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never actually had a job where I was just a number, but. I, in some ways, I think it would be absolutely horrible. You're number ways. one in my book, Josh. Oh, thanks, buddy. I, I sort of think it would be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, you, you were basically pseudonymous, right? I mean, you were a number nope. to them. No one knew you as Ben the way we do as a human. You were just nope. – which is – I mean, if you just listen to that again out loud, I mean, it's absolutely horrific <laughs> situation to that have. That means you can, like, read the future? What does that mean? I believe that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, some additional questions. We got one from Twitter. And, wait, 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 wait. I, He didn't talk about the sex at all. I'm, I'm working on that. Okay. <laughs> Calm down. Well, I'm, I'm over here uh, gorged. I need to be. I need some conclusion to this. This uh, this next one is uh, from the Tweety uh, from Mike Deej ninety seven. Apparently, the hot tubs at Vista were filled in due to, and I'm quoting a cast member here: too many orgies. <laughs> Follow up to that from uh, David T. That's probably too obvious. Uh, D. Thacker uh, writes, As you all know, I'm not a writer or a scholar, so good luck trying to translate. My brother through the University of Georgia entered in the Disney College program between 90 and 92. So far, so good. I remember I was in my later high school years that we moved him in. I thought I was in heaven that day. Hornier than a two-dicked billy goat. I was in amazement of all the girls. I'm going to pause. Yes? This guy, he's like Maya Angelou. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I think uh, David needs to give himself a little more credit. I, the poet so far, I, I don't Marty think there's podcast. Yeah, Dave there's, Thacker. There's no confusion Sorry, D, about, D about what what D Thacker is talking. Yeah, D Thacker, David T, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> no, this is great. Carry on. Hornier than a two dick billy goat, I was in amazement of all the girls mostly walking around in booty shorts and cut off shirts. Mm. Anyway, what I thought was so cool really turned into a nightmare for my parents. My brother was a pretty good kid in high school, member of the band, graduated top of his class. Those band geeks are, uh, they, they get a little dirty too. So I've I mean, heard there's some flute issues that happen from time exactly, to time. Exactly, exactly. That's what uh, Allison says. Anyway, graduated top of his class and moved on to the University of Georgia to be in the marching band. After being at Walt Disney World for a summer, that all changed really quick. I remember my parents sending money all the time for something. I guess they thought uh, it was not going to be needed since he was working and room was free. Spoiler, it's Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) I remember him telling me uh, of all night parties and never sleeping in the same place either because their roommate had a girl or guy over. Remember, this was the 90s. Uh, uh, D. Thacker, people are gay now and in the 90s, (laughs) just to be clear. That's true. Uh, pool parties and drinking wine coolers must have been the thing back then. Uh, money was uh, being spent on eating and entertainment. That's the most debauchery that he's got going on. Yeah. Money Fucking was being Bartles sp- of James over here. <laughs> uh, money was being spent on eating and entertainment in Walt Disney World. Excuse me. In the Orlando area, which we all know is expensive. Uh, sidebar here. 
while Ben was talking earlier, I had to look up the name of the uh, debauchery castle in Orlando. And That's my Google sausage searches, castle. Yeah, the sausage castle. So yeah. what I had to search on Google were Orlando Orgy House, Orlando Orgy, uh, Orlando Orgy, Orlando Castle Orgy. Uh, the end results, the search results are going to be permanently embedded in my Google search. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, he needs to go buy a new computer. <laughs> yep, going to buy a new computer tomorrow. Anyway. Yep. So money was being spent on the okay. These kids had nothing else to do. From what I was told, sex began happening everywhere and the rooms were really getting disgusting. I love there that sense. N- sex began happening everywhere. <laughs> there was no real it didn't begin happening. It was happening well before your brother got there. <laughs> there was no real supervision. People from outside the program started coming in and then it really got out of control. Josh showed up. Sleep deprived, they started missing Walt Disney World work shifts. Luckily my brother got a full time job at the end of his time. But it didn't last because the party life was already embedded. He ended up penniless. That's code and, for crabs. <laughs> and begging to come home. He did this guy's end my up hero. returning to Disney, working in some part of computer animation during the mid-90s. He was the one that animated uh, Sex into the Lion King yeah. <laughs> during the mid-90s until leaving for Universal to help kip, kick off Universal Studios' escape project. Uh, then he's really hitting up like the 90s highlights going on here. He was actually the uh, lead of engineer on um – Islands of Anal, which never yeah. actually saw the light of day, but it was... Is your uh, brother Scott Drobridge? Just curious. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Plow. Scott T. That works out. It works out. <laughs> Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> then leaving there to go back to Disney until leaving in the early 2000s. We discussed this very little, but this is what I remember from his time there. It was exhausting, but fun. He made a lot of friends, but also met a lot of terrible people doing terrible things. Some he took part in, others he didn't. Feel free to use what you can. Maybe some was, someone was there who can contradict what I was told, but it is what I was told. Well, no I, I, I already complimented the, the narrative as a whole. I will, however, point out that that was not technically a question. So <laughs> yeah, it was not a, not a question, but I'll, I'll turn it into a question for Ben. Uh, ben, how many orgies did you participate in yeah. while in the college program? Hey, my headphones cut out. Can you read that again? I didn't catch any of that. <laughs> sure. And, and did they ever Once call you Once upon a time, there was a little boy named Benny. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no orgies. That's too bad. Uh, I, two of the summers, don't think I slept in my actual bed and in my apartment more than like five times either one. Okay. Uh, so that, that part about never sleeping in the same place twice is uh, 100% accurate. All right. So where were you sleeping? So my first summer, uh, there was a room on the bottom floor, uh, a room so of six a girls. Yeah, a bottom. <laughs> uh, there was a room. So, okay, here's here's the secret. Here's, <laughs> There's here's, a room of six girls. That was Here's the secret. That we had a telescope that was able to see yep. from where we were yep. staying. Remember the handcuffs so, we were talking about earlier? <laughs> so when you're checking in at Vista Way, which is where I stayed and which – Maybe you should talk uh, about that process because I've only lived in an apartment. There was not a check-in procedure. So okay. Can you, so like- so yeah. when, when you're arriving on the program, you they, they pick you up at the airport. They shuttle you over. Okay. Uh, and literally there's a, there's, a, there's a main building that you go through the process of checking in. And whoever you're standing to, next to in line is going to be your roommates. I did not find this out my first summer. That is important regret- information to have. <laughs> it's <laughs> incredibly – I, I mean incredible information to know. Uh, and I learned from my mistakes my second and third summers from this. Did the guy uh, standing next to you in line learn his lesson as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, luckily – God. Oh, there's so much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah, whoever you're next to in line, that's 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 who you're gonna live with. And wow, uh, my first summer was cool. I had two cool roommates, and then I had uh, one roommate, Carlos, who was awesome. Uh, a very funny guy. You said from- that as if you'd be surprised that Carlos would be awesome. 
Well, Carlos was from Puerto Rico, um, and Carlos did not have a that lot of- That makes him of, American, just for the record. It is, uh, but he did- <laughs> Yes, very true. Uh, but where, where he grew up did not- uh, This sounds like my late grandmother who would preface you know, my father's friends. He's Puerto Rican, you know. Yeah, yes. Well, okay. Well, what's, what's the problem here? Let's put a pin where, in that. <laughs> where he was born and raised in Puerto Rico, they did not have. Uh, he did not grow up with a microwave. Okay. Yeah, microwave. He was a, Much bigger. He was, a, he was amazed by the microwave. Wow. Okay. Raw fish, raw chicken were his favorite things to cook in a Ooh, microwave. That's, that's rough. And, <laughs> yes, we had to uh, we had to teach Carlos how to use it properly and do things. Carlos was a great guy, but Carlos was just uh, uh, the raw fish going in the microwave. Was I, I don't eat fish. I can't stand fish whatsoever, yep. and it just made me want to vomit when I'd walk into the room. So I'm okay uh, with this. Yes, we were talking yeah. about being a number when I was uh, at a finance uh, house, and I was a, a number. Um, a finance I, house. I don't know. Okay. I, I work for a financial institution. <laughs> not, not, it doesn't matter. Anyway, there was a guy <laughs> that would regularly microwave popcorn and burn it and fish and burn it. Ugh. And I'm glad when he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that was, uh, that didn't make me want to always stay in my room. I'll put it that way. Okay. Uh, and so the bottom floor, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me get back to the, the, the check-in process. This was a very key, key deal. It was a secret that I was glad I figured out that first summer and I, I used it the following year as well. You could pay a little bit more to stay in a four person apartment as opposed to a six person apartment. And the biggest difference here was the four person apartments were what they Two, called. That's the difference. Well, way bigger than that. <laughs> that checks. The four person <laughs> apartments were what they considered wellness apartments, what which meant mean? no alcohol whatsoever allowed in those rooms you have alcohol found in those rooms Wait, so you pay more to not be able to have alcohol so Just here's the se- here's it's a, the it's secret a weird here. model <laughs> well considering how much partying went on at this away your apartment was never the party yeah which, oh i see which so you go somewhere you, else that's a pro tip you go somewhere else do all the partying you want, go back to your quiet room, go back to your quiet apartment when it's all said and done. Because yes, I those understand parties, it now. Thank you. Those parties lasted all night long. Yeah. And your shift that maybe Can started you sing at that, 8 like, a.m. Lionel Richie, please. All night long. All night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, your shift doesn't get bumped from uh, having to be at work at 8 a.m., which means you had to take, you know, the shuttle at 645 to get there. Uh, so, yes, having the nice, quiet apartment was worth the extra $10 a person you would pay uh, per paycheck to, to have that room. It was so, only $10 more no, 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 a person? Ten, yeah, $10 more. So, Oh, my 40, God. I don't know how yeah, I I guess it's been a long time. I I thought I was well, poor now, but apparently the, I'm you, not. You had to have that mindset. Ten hours was that, twelve hours worth of actual work as a cast. Yeah, well, that, yes, that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> but you also had to have that mindset that your apartment was not going to be the party apartment, and some people wanted their apartments to be the party apartments. So yeah, I think uh, you, you're right though. This is the boat strategy for those of you who might be a little oh, older. Oh, absolutely, you, you, absolutely. You, you don't want a boat. You want a friend with a boat. Right, like, right. That that is the win there for sure. And. And so that's what happened with me where we had the wellness apartment. So nobody party drank in our place, but I found an apartment that was on the bottom floor of our building that uh, to this day, I'm still, I'm as close to friends with those people that I met back in 1999 that I am with anybody that I grew up with, anybody I went to college with. I talk to these people more now today than I do any of anybody else. And I only lived with them for about three months. And I lived in that apartment. I, I slept on the floor. I slept on the couch. I slept in beds. It was six girls that 
lived in this apartment and they there were about six of us other guys that kind of bonded with them. We called ourselves the assholes. Uh, we we put a sign on our door. We called it the asshole lounge. Everybody was invited to the asshole lounge every night to do whatever they wanted to do. It was the party room uh, for, for our building. And yeah, I would, I would essentially get back from work, go upstairs, drop my backpack off in my room, head downstairs and say, what are we doing tonight? And stayed there all night long until I had to go back to work the next day. That's and so his, his explanation, and that was just one instance. Uh, the other thing that would always happen is the, there was a bus stop inside Vista way and there was a bulletin board right outside the bus stop. And that's where people would pin up there where, what parties were going on. And every party was usually themed. There was something going on. Uh, you know, we had a lot of international students. There would be internationally themed parties. There would be toga parties. There would be this and that. And on that board, it would say, this party starts at this time in this room in this building. And you would get off the bus and go, Oh, that's cool. I want to go to that party tonight. And you would just show up and party there all night long. This sounds uh, fantastic. So let, let's yeah. let's get into some more detail there. Uh, you mentioned that you spent a lot of time sleeping in an apartment with six girls. Yep. Um, obviously, there's a lot of data there that I think the listeners need to hear about. <laughs> uh, nothing happened there because I was dating, I guess you want to say, another girl that I met during my traditions class. This is coming from a geek at college who, you know, was was very much geeky my freshman year. And it didn't it took like literally my second day working there 30 minutes after meeting one girl and had a phone number already and was, our, you know, you know, call. So, basic, so, so basically you blew it. <laughs> I don't know if I would say blow it. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK. Uh, it was Paul it Miller was saying uh, and. This kind of goes to uh, what David said that you, you think of the clientele that's going there that's, that is that wants to work at Disney. Uh, we can be stereotypical to a certain extent here. And he said there are a lot more gay men there than oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, than, than what you would anticipate in just the the, the uh, regular population. So yep. uh, when women found a straight man amongst the college programmers, the response was fantastic. I believe that was Paul's that exactly. That is which. incredibly true. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I, that. That. I mean, Paul does have sort of a great personality, though. So I, I would imagine that might not be the mileage might vary there. I, In deference I, to Ben, who's awful. What are you going at here? That's not. The, <laughs> that's not what I said. That's what I heard. Well, between my three summers, I think I had four gay men roommates. Uh, okay. And and obviously that deal got closed. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they were awesome, awesome dudes. Uh, it, and they loved it because I had girlfriends or found other buildings and so it left my bed quite open and they got to you know there were no questions i didn't care whatever have fun uh but yes no that's that is the case especially when you're working in the parks with full-timers as well that uh when i was there straight heterosexual guys were the minority uh by far what a so blessing yes. yeah no and it, that's the weird part though like everybody just bonded especially if especially the people that you worked with at an attraction, they became like your best friends, no matter what their background was, no matter yeah, you, anything. Yeah, you have a common point now, so. And you all just bonded just and together, yeah. you did. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I actually had to tell guys that I was straight and they were like, okay, cool, because it was almost more assumed the other way yeah. when, they, when you first meet. But yeah, no, it was, you know, we had a blast with everybody there. I, I like, I can't, 
sit here and tell you any issues I ever had with anybody that I ever worked with or was around. That's that was kind of the beauty of the cast members. Like we learned so much from each other and learned like their different backgrounds and just what what life was for different people. I learned that so much more while working as a cast member there than I ever did in college or, you know, here, whatever. I was just exposed to so much more and, and learned so way more. Is it what was, you're saying cool. that, uh, that when you actually go out and meet people who are different than you, instead of just being told by the media that you should be programmed yeah. <laughs> to think a certain <laughs> yeah. way that that actually works better to create, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, harmony. Who thought? Crazy. Who thought? Yeah. yeah. Good point though. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that, that, that's can we get a wisdom label for this episode? <laughs> at any point, did you have the opportunity to say not at the table, Carlos? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had I had talks that I never thought I would ever have before as a kid growing up in Texas. I'll put it that way. OK, what and, a wonderful thing. And you know what? It was cool. We were ever the, the two talks I had. We were all friends afterwards. It was like, hey, you are you're awesome. Let's hang out. But just, just so you know, Hey, this is, this is how it goes and how you go, whatever, go, whatever. When you talk to each other instead of canceling each other, isn't a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. If, if anything that I take away from my college program is just exposure to different people, different cultures, different lifestyles that, uh, I never would have had ever, uh, doing anything else besides how we were all put together, uh, as different people, you know, in these places, it was that, that, that to me is the, the biggest takeaway for anybody that could walk away from that program. And that's uh, the spirit you, of Epcot, baby. So that makes me think that as crazy as the college program might be and as many rough edges as it might have with regard to pay and conditions and everything, I think you pretty much just imagine if everyone in the world had an experience like that. The uh, spirit of Epcot is concert stage chic. <laughs> I keep in contact with like literally Four. two people I went to college with. That's close. And... <laughs> Maybe less than that that I went to high school with, and dozens and dozens and dozens of people I worked with on the college program. We still to this day, twenty years later, are in contact and talk pretty, pretty cool. regularly. So that's great. Yeah, I, that's that's what I loved from it. Good, good. How many people from the college program is Lisa still in contact with? Fifty. Uh, her roommates. Um, I kind of hogged all her time. Uh, so maybe apologies. Pig. To me, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> thirty seconds of it. So that that also that that also goes into the strategy of knowing who you're going to be call you back in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so what we what we talked about during the check in process. Mm-hmm. This is where my genius comes in. My last summer, because <clears throat> I I did uh, I met a girl at the end of my first summer that we ended up dating for about three years, and I was dating her. She actually had moved to Texas. And I was dating her when I came out here from my- Wait, do all came- of your exes live in Texas? <laughs> Not anymore. Okay. Do you hang uh, your heart in Tennessee? <laughs> uh, so she was still here while I went out to Florida for my last summer. Uh, and yeah, we were kind of on rocky terms, I guess, at that point, if you want to put it that way. Uh, okay. But I was like, I got to do this. I want to go have- you know, This is my last chance to go have some fun before like real life starts. So we did that and- so I land out in Florida and I'm walking, you know, off the off the airplane, walking into, MC, you know, through that door at MCO, the, 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 the literally just getting off the airplane. And Lisa, right across from me at the gate, right across from where I was getting off, she was getting off. And that's where I saw Is that her. Is because she saw you? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we saw each other right there. I uh, didn't know that's who she was. That's pretty awesome. This that's or that. amazing. 
Well, we go down. I walk all the way down to the, the, the bus area to get bussed over to this away. And she's there. And I'm like, oh, she's on the college program. Wow. <laughs> so That's pretty cool. We sat next to each other on the bus over there. She's like asking questions about this whole thing. I'm like, I've done this twice already. I'm a, I'm an expert on it. You know, trying to, trying <laughs> to impress her. Winner with humility. Good strategy. <laughs> at the, you know, I'm pretty, I'm smitten at that point. Even if I did have a girlfriend back here, I was, I was done at that point. Ooh. Even call, I, call, I, I Tam, called my best. We have a guest for next episode. <laughs> well, I called my best friend back here uh, at college that night. And I was like, I'm so screwed, dude. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know how to. How this is gonna work out over the summer, but uh, yeah, I, I I met somebody like uh, the like literally the minute I stepped off the airplane, ran into somebody and well, at least you waited done. a respectable amount of time. <laughs> uh, so so we go from tales of debauchery to ah, yeah, well, exactly. This is also leave it to Ben. I, I won't say this is the creepy side of it, but yes, going back to that knowledge of whoever you check in next to is who you're gonna be living next to. So I made sure I was next to Lisa while she was checking in, knowing I would have the room across the hall or right above or right below her. That was, that was going to work out that way. So we were going to see each other. Good plenty. Uh, we didn't yeah. see each other much for like those first three weeks. Uh, but after that, again, still had the girlfriend here, but at that point I didn't like sleep in so my apartment I, I, anymore after that. So, okay. Cause together. I say, I know I'm losing, <laughs> I'm losing my edge here and anyone who's heard about a kingdom cast is going to be grossly disappointed. But since you ended up make, you know, making it legit with this woman, I'm not going to ask any follow-ups yep, there. Yep. Yep, yep. But no, you pretty we, much, uh, you pretty much we, did a good explanation there. So, it worked okay. out. It worked out. Yeah, there was, a, there was, there yeah, was, that's a, great. there was a phone call one night where a breakup happened, and then two minutes later, I'm back at her apartment and a wedding know. and two kids later. Is, are you sure, are you sure is this is going to work out? Wow. <laughs> yep. Two whole minutes. Wow. <laughs> but again, I know multiple people who met on the college program, similar stories, got married, and they're still married to this day. Uh, so it, it, it is something that is talked about while we're there. It's, it's, you hear stories of people meeting and getting married and, uh, you know, I'm proof of one. I have several friends that are the same way. And, you know, I guess the people at Disney together do stay together or whatever you want to, you want to say, but it, it, it is weird how that kind of magic work. I mean, it's pretty awesome because yes, you're dating somebody at like Disney world. You have two months to like come up with like the coolest dates and the coolest experiences yeah. and the coolest memories that you can possibly think of. What was so, the coolest date that you concocted? <laughs> Pun. Uh, <laughs> Span that's Spanish for with cock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, we did several really nice dinners. We did several, you know, going to shows. But the one that I still give her shit about to this day because she won't say she won't claim that. She was trying to make a move, but I, I still put it out there. It was uh, – I remember, again, because I had a girlfriend, so I wasn't actually, like, asking somebody out on a date, but I just kind of randomly said it amongst a group of her her and her roommates. Can um, we just take a moment to appreciate how much of a badass we all are when we already had another girlfriend? Like, all of yeah. that insecurity and risk of failure, no problem. Oh, yeah. All of a no sudden, problem. I'm the cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, cast member previews were going on for the – the second opening of Journey into Your Imagination, the the version of Figment that we have now. That's a good uh, get. It is, and so I kind I kind of randomly threw it out there. I was like, cast member previews are tomorrow for uh, for Figment. I was thinking about maybe uh, maybe going over there. And what is the pause. opposite of panty dropper? <laughs> well, it was it was pause, 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 and then uh, you know her like, oh, I think I would like to do that. Can I can I go over there with you? 
I was like, yeah. sure, yeah, we can we can go. I didn't actually ask you to go. And so you finally you built up the courage yourself, for her so. to ask you out. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, I didn't ask another girl out on a date. You just yeah, kind of invited yourself to go along with me. So that's ooh, correct. Sure, yeah. sure, that works. So, <laughs> Loophole. <laughs> so well she cl- she claims that I asked her to go. I still claim that that did not happen. Uh, so Here, we, we she's trying to make you the man, day. and you're fighting it. I love it. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> All evidence to the contrary. She's a good woman. I could tell just without ever having met her, just the stories. Despite her judgment, yes. Yeah, I think all of our our brides are guilty of having bad taste. That's definitely true. true. (laughs) Um, We have several more questions that are not uh, as debaucherous, but uh, we can go into them. Uh, This one comes to us from Keith White. uh, Wait, wait, wait. Can I get back to one thing? I'm sorry. We'll get back to Keith's question one second. You mentioned the hot tub. I do know somebody that got fired for having sex in the hot tub. Okay. They got caught. They're idiots because they did it at the main pool and hot tub, which is right next to the uh, building <laughs> where like Storm the, Along Bay. The, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're gonna have sex at, at Yacht and Beach Club, don't do it in Storm Along Bay. You do it in the quiet pool that's off to the side that nobody goes to. Everybody's in Storm Along Bay. You don't do it in that one. Uh, it's another pro it, tip. They did it in the hot tub that's right next to the the building where the you know anybody that was running the facility they work in those buildings their offices were right there uh you're you're half a block away from the security if security is running detail and you know driving their little golf cart through you're gonna get caught if you do it there you do it in the quiet pool they did they did the dumb thing so yes sex in the hot tub happened all the time if you got caught you were fired so i'm just gonna throw this out there uh sex in a hot tub is actually pretty terrible (laughs) (laughs) another pro tip all of the biological conditions that make intercourse function properly are washed so away dry? immediately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would think that a, you know several thousand gallons of water would be helpful. Shockingly, just the opposite. <laughs> you heard it here first. The more you know. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah the, that you getting caught was. But the the one of the other things we didn't talk about, all, you know, as well as I think it was thirty at that time. Thirty two hundred college kids were staying at Vista Way, and there were six security guards. <laughs> and those six security guards weren't on at all times, and they only manned the front gate. Uh, I think uh, David's email mentioned about how, how other people would sneak in, and that's where the issues would would stem up. Because yes, other cast members or other people around Orlando, they would do anything to get inside Vista Way to be part of the party scene there. Sure. And yeah. they had to be out by midnight. If you were, that was another deal. If you got caught, you know, housing anybody in your apartment past curfew, uh, you were termed that because they they knew people were doing whatever they could to sneak in there and be part of that scene. And they didn't want those people at all because oftentimes those people are the ones that, that took it up to the next level. Cause they didn't have any real consequences uh, to pay within the, within the, the, the program itself. If they got caught, uh, especially if they didn't work for Disney, they didn't give a crap. They were literally there just to party their asses off. So yeah. uh, that was, that was a big issue. So security didn't do a fabulous job of manning the grounds once you were on the grounds you got to do whatever you wanted but they did do a pretty strict job of watching the people as they came in and out and, and well, making mean, sure that's, uh, that's that was a all terrible tracked. strategy you know <laughs> yeah i mean if you're undermanned guard the yep. door yeah yep. yeah but yeah the lack of security once you were inside that place was pretty insane and that's that's what led to the uh insanity now to your oh, knowledge uh, this will be the last question i have on this have things changed dramatically between now and then, or is it still sort of the same old, same old? Uh, from what I understand, it's pretty much the same old, same old. Uh, they have done it where yeah, I was there when other places like Chatham uh, and the Commons were uh, being built and started. So they've they branched it out to where there's other housing communities, uh, and I believe it was the Commons – 
that housed all the international students. And so once you started taking the international students out of the mixture of the American students where, you know, they drink at a younger age, they're, 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 there's, there's just the, uh, during that time that the standards for, for sex and things like that were just way different for a European student than they were for, you know, American kids. So yes, things got turned up to another level when, when they were there. And uh, once they started staying in their own place, they had great parties over there, but it did take down the tone a bit at the, at Vista way. Uh, And from what I understand, you know, with the new Flamingo crossing that's going up and the new construction that's going on over there. uh, I don't know if we'll ever see a return to, you know, Vista way, the way it, the way it was and, you know, the history and legacy uh, behind it all these years. I, I do under, I do wonder how the housing will be changed when the college program eventually comes back online at Disney, which I, there's no doubt that it's going to just because of the cost structure of paying those sure. kids that Disney desperately needs. Uh, they need those kids. That's, I think that's part of the reason that, you know, hours are all over the place right now is because they're paying full-time people, their full rates. They don't have that cheap labor to be able to extend the parks longer uh, without having the cost of labor go up incredibly high. Yeah. I think a lot of things that they're going to have the opportunity to reset a lot of things as a result of COVID. And this very well could be one of them, how they do things, but it actually leads into uh, the question that uh, Keith White sent final dynasty on Twitter as the father of a Disney kid. What tips do you have to apply to the program in the era of COVID since recruiters aren't visiting campuses and what areas might a college student work in as a college athlete and exercise science major? Love the show, fellas. Uh, oh, and to be clear, I'm trying to angle to get into the parks at a reduced price. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> his honesty. Yep. That, hap- that, that definitely happens. Uh, so, yes, take advantage of your kids' discount uh, if they get in there or free tickets that they might have access to. Uh, to answer your second question first, uh, you know, he, what, what did he say his kid was studying, which sounds uh, really – College athlete and exercise science major. So it sounds like real smart and maybe very athletic and, you know, all that stuff. He very well could be a janitor for six months. Uh, they don't care about what you're studying. Uh, they try to accommodate from time to time, but what's more important is where do they need bodies? Yeah, and I mean who's they're paying people dirt cheap. They're not looking yep. for experience. That's what they'll do. So you know, and I'll, I'll I'll give an example here in a second. But going to his first question, the the, the tips that I have. Actually, you know, I, I want to go back to uh, he's a college athlete. So let's presume a muscular, I don't know, man or fe- or woman, but muscular person. I would assume the custodian is actually probably a very logical option for them. It uh, they don't they, like that. they don't even look at that to be totally okay, honest. Okay. If, they, if, just, if they have a shortage of custodial people, that's where they're going to put you. Okay. If they have a shortage of uh, you know quick quick service food and beverage, that's where they're going to put you. They put you where they need bodies. Uh, mm-hmm. That's 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 it at the end of the day. Uh, the, the one thing I can tell you is, you know, if they do have something they want in particular when they do the interview process, there are ways to go out of their way to, you know, maybe put a bit of an emphasis on that to the recruiter. Uh, I do think recruiting will get back to what it was before. I do think they'll see in-person recruiting uh, at college campuses, you know, eventually once COVID kind of passes. But if not, it'll all be done over Zoom. It's really not that much different from from previous and you you can have the same tips. I was a college recruiter um, for the program for four years. I worked with the recruiter in my area and I would go to campuses all over the uh, North Texas to help during the interview process. And for people who would ask me that, you know, my advice on it, it was the same advice that I went in with was one, you want to impress them, go in with the Disney look, 
to begin with, go in there with a clean haircut, go in there with a, uh, you know, a, a suit and tie, go in there with, uh, you know, business attire, whatever that means for a guy Take or woman these days. Don't go in there in a t-shirt and jeans. Uh, a lot do. That doesn't impress them whatsoever. Uh, we all know what the Disney look is. Go in with that Disney look if, it, if at all possible. <clears throat> the other thing is to smile your ass off. They want <laughs> smiles. They want people who are nice, outgoing. And the more outgoing you are, the more likely they're going to put you in a more front-facing attract uh, position where you're going to interact with guests more often. Now, that can mean attractions, but that very well can mean custodial as well. And they'll tell you that because custodians get asked more questions than any other cast member in the park. Where's this at? Where's that at? Where? How do I get to this? How do I do that? Those are questions are asked to custodial cast members more than they are any other cast member. And... You know, they, they want those. You might be shocked when you get your list back and they say I'm custodian, but it might be because of that very reason is the way you interacted with them on, on your interview process of being outgoing, being personable, uh, being nice, having a smile on your face. That, so what I'm hearing is you want to be on a scale of one to ten out of outgoingness. You want to be about a six and a half. Well, I <laughs> Six and a, a half lot. gets you in a detraction. Eight plus, you're you're sweeping vomit well, off the ground. Okay, so there's two ways to look at this because I I did work with a lot of custodial cast members who hated it at first when they first heard about it, but loved it afterwards. One because of that guest interaction. Yeah, I've heard a lot of positive things about being a custodial cast. Member. They love the guest interaction, but the second part they love is they get their assignment when they show up, and then they don't get talked to the rest of yeah. the day. <laughs> that's mm, another that's nice. Yeah, you wander around. You're like, you go work this area. All right, I'll go do my my shifts. I'll go do whatever. But you're you, one thing a custodial cast member never gets questioned about is talking to a guest. So if you yeah. want to go out of your way, you see somebody with a map in their hand, go up to them and say, "Hey, are you looking for something?" All of a sudden, you be talking to them for ten minutes and not actually sweeping uh, the ground or carrying trash bags around. You know, and, and and a custodial cast member never gets questioned on why are you doing that. Where other other cast members, you can get questioned that they want you doing specific roles that you're you're assigned to do. But wow, a custodial gets away with a lot more like that. So I, it's not I, a honestly, terrible position. We should charge for this episode. This is very valuable information that you are sharing. Well, and see, I didn't know this. Hit our Patreon. Yep. <laughs> we need I did to probably not, do that. I, I did not know this before my first interview. So my first – this is all stuff that I learned after I became a recruiter. But my first interview, I signed up for the very first interview of the day. Uh, it was 8 a.m. Uh, on my college campus. I was there at 7 dressed in a suit and tie, and I never wear a suit and tie. And so I was at the door before the recruiter actually got there. So she asked me, hey, can you hold on a second? I go set a few things up. I'm like, yes, no problem. Whenever you need me, I'm right out here. So she goes inside, sets everything up, opens the door, asks me to come in. Uh, I walk inside. She puts her hand out and introduces herself. And I stop her and I go, before I introduce myself to you, I just want to let you know, I have no problem getting in front of large groups of people and making a total fool of myself. Hi, mm. my name is Ben. That was, I thought, my way of saying, hey, dummy, put me on the Jungle Cruise because that's, yeah. that's all I wanted to do was the Jungle Cruise. And I thought I, I thought I sold it the perfect way. And I did. I, I, I got attractions and, uh, you know, I got the letter in the mail, said you're going to be attractions. So I was thrilled thinking, hey, I'm Jungle Cruise. I wouldn't be out there for like four more months later. Uh, and you don't find out where you're actually working until you arrive and go through that check-in process. That's part of it. You get your room and you get your job position all in that same spot. So uh, when I arrived there, got my room. Next thing I find out, I'm working at Muppets. And I'm like, what the? 
damn it. You know, I had, I was not excited to work Muppets whatsoever. Uh, but then they tell you, you know, because of the way I interviewed, they, they stress that's a spieling attraction. You've got to spiel in front of the pre-show. You got to spiel in the theater. So I was like, all right, whatever. It's not telling jokes on a boat, which I wanted to do, but whatever. And there is no question it, what that's, that's your job. You don't get to try to leverage to move somewhere else. That's it. If you don't like it, you can go home. And they literally tell you that. So I did my, my time at Muppets. Um, and kind of getting back to this question about, you know, based on what he's studying at school, they're not going to accommodate it, a job for that. There's really not a job unless, you know, something at wide world of sports that really right. fit into that. And it, guess what? If you get a job at wide world of sports, you're working custodial or you're working in the gift shop. You're not working, you know, uh, you're not doing anything that, that falls in line with your major. Uh, but I do remember one night working at Muppets. This is back when the sound stages were actually still doing productions, uh, television productions inside there. The, this is pre Toy Story Mania going in there, pre uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Play It going in there. These were actual working sound stages. And so one night, this had to be eight o'clock at night. I'm closing Muppets, and my manager calls me in uh, to the break room and goes, I need to talk to you for a second. So I'm thinking, what the hell did I do? Uh, what did I do to Sweetums? Whatever, you know, <laughs> what, what, what I get caught. Uh, I go into the break room. He's like, hey, come with me for a second. And so I'm like, oh, God, what are we doing? He starts walking me outside the building. And we start walking down, uh, you know, the the the, the streets. Now, I guess it's uh, the Incredibles where, where the the Incredibles area was this last year. That that was previously the entrance to Toy Story Mania before they moved it on the backside of the building. So we start yep. walking down that way. He's got a key. He opens the door. We go inside, opens another door, and I'm on the set of the Mortal Kombat TV show that was going that was being filmed there <laughs> during that time. That's I'm cool. like, what I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, Well, I noticed on uh, your file that you're a radio TV film major uh, in college, so I thought you might enjoy walking on a actual television set. I was That's like, Are you are you wonderful. kidding me? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. They're not filming. They're done with the day. You know, whatever you want to do, take a look around. And so I, he wasn't like a film major or anything like that by any means. Anyway, he was literally a manager at a theme park, backdoored me into this facility. I spent like 45 minutes walking on an actual television set. My mind was blown. I mean, it was the coolest thing I'd ever done in my life. And they used, they used the entire two sound stages. So where Toy Story Mania is at now, they use those two full sound stages. And I'm, like literally in the middle of the world of Mortal Kombat. The show lasted, I think, like 10 episodes on TV. It was a total bomb and total failure. Can you sing the theme song? I can't. But uh, in my mind, this was the coolest thing I ever got to do. So there is, you know, if you get a good manager, uh, they always tell you to network while you're out there. You can take your days off to try to network and, and do different things that might better fit with your major. But when it comes to your job, it will never, it will never, they'll never look and see what you're studying and try to match it up there. But I had an awesome manager that took the time to like, let me do something that I never would have gotten to do back here. I had never done anything like that before. Uh, so when I got to go back to school, you know, I, I talked about it. I was like, this is the, and, and it really helped solidify what I wanted to do and study. And it blew my mind and it, it, it kind of just proved me at that time that I'm studying the right thing. This is, this is what I want to do. Uh, when Lisa was working at attractions in Fantasyland, she was uh, studying hospitality. She wanted to get in the hospitality business, wanted to work in hotels. 
obviously pushing a button at Dumbo doesn't do that. <laughs> that doesn't prepare you for, you know, managing a hotel, but she would take the time to, you know, make some contacts, make some calls. And I remember there were multiple days where she would go, you know, find a manager at the contemporary that took her under her wing and said, if you want to spend the day with me, I'll take you through what we do here at the contemporary. And she would go do that. And, and, and this was all free. This was on, you know, she didn't get paid a penny to do this, but the lessons in that time were invaluable to her that it did the same thing that, that it solidified that that's what she wanted to do when she, you know, she had already graduated college when she did the program. So when her program was over, it was truly time for her to get into the workforce and, uh, and, you know, immediately got into the hotel business right afterwards. And a lot of that was because of the stuff she was exposed to while working at Disney. So, uh, you know, get part of my advice going back to that email is get into the program any way you can, if that's yeah. what they really want to do, but then don't spend all your time partying. Don't necessarily spend all your time at the beach. Spend a few of those off days trying to make some connections. Yeah, uh, also, uh, but also uh, don't spend all your time being in a relationship with a girl in Texas. That too, <laughs> that doesn't help a whole lot. No, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think you'll find that managers at Disney, people, people who are have those positions that that you might want, might can learn from. They're very accommodating. If you make the, uh, if you, if you reach out to them and make that effort to, to try to, uh, you know, start a relationship and show that this is what you want to do They're They're, I think you'll find more times often than not that they'll they'll take you under your wings and at least give you a day or two of their time to, you know, show you, show you some stuff that could be valuable for valuable for you later on down the, the line. Yeah, I mean, take advantage of the access to people in a variety of different roles, whatever the role may be that interests you. There are thousands of networking opportunities at your disposal there. So there are so many jobs there. There are so yeah. many. I mean, if you, there's so many things. I, I, I could have probably done a better job of, you know, going to any of the stage shows and saying, can I, I just want to see the, the sound guy, how the sound guy does this all day. I want to see behind the scenes of how they. He probably doesn't get a lot of questions. So again, think of things like that, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Absolutely. they will, they will without a doubt, let you stick around their booth for an entire day and watch how they do their job. They have, yeah. because their job is very monotonous. How many times can you watch, you know, Beauty and the Beast live on stage over and over again without wanting to put your, you know, poke your eyes out? But if this kid wants to learn how you run audio at that show, it makes their job fun too, because yeah. they're doing something different that they don't do, you know, five days a week already. So yeah. they'll, they'll, They'll you, very much you, help you. You spouted so much wisdom this episode, I don't even know how to explain it. Honestly, that's good advice for anything. Any internship Absolutely. that you get, it, shadow it, people and, and, and take I will advantage tell you, of that opportunity. I will tell you right now, as someone who teaches college students for a living, they don't understand this. They yeah. they and it's largely not their fault. We don't do a good job as adults of explaining to young people that just being passionate and caring about something makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. You know, and uh, the most important, uh, you know, we made light of it as a joke, but Ben talked about how most of the people who were there in this college program didn't care, uh, you know, and unfortunately that is not a, that is not a status that is unique to the college program. Most people no, everywhere not. don't care. And when you yeah. look at all the great people in the world, whether they're inventors or artists or musicians or whatever, the the defining characteristic of them is that they were willing to sacrifice everything for whatever it is that for whatever it was that they had passion for. Right. So you know, back to the listener's question: If your son or daughter, I don't I don't remember, or if it was even said, you know, if they Not have specified. passion on something, just 
be passionate about it. I, I truly believe that if you, if you find that and you do that long enough, the results will happen. It just, yeah. you know, what, what I think happens, unfortunately, and I blame colleges a lot for this, and I try really hard not to be a contributor to this, is that higher education and first jobs and real world experience, they ruin people. They, they suck out that, that passion and that love and that sort of blind optimism, and they replace it with this sort of bullshit corporate mentality that you're, that just is the opposite of whatever will change the world or make anything important happen. Yeah, and the, and that's very true. And and the thing to stress even more on that though is for those those lucky ones that do get like into the Disney College program, there's no place in this country that you can find more jobs in one consolidated area than at sure. Disney. Yeah, there there there's everything, anything you can possibly think of, you wanting to do with your life. There's a job for that within the borders of Walt Disney World. Yep. And you, there's there is no profession that is not massively represented by that company. Exactly. And exactly. so you you've got to take advantage of that time. Uh and it's not always easy. Yes, there are days that you're going to pass up really cool experiences, but the the time that you're getting to spend in these other deals is so much more valuable down the line that you you do have to uh you know, be mature in your decisions on some of these things and, and take advantage of those deals. So get in the program, whatever you can. If he ends up being a janitor, if he ends up having to sell ice cream out of a cart, who gives a crap? There's be the so best many fucking other- janitor that has ever existed in the world. Yep. yep. But That's take those other times. Yep. Take those other times to go. I mean, based on what he said he studied, if he has a spring program, you know, he might be there when the Braves are back doing spring training in the area, you know, type deal. Go, go They're to wide world. anymore, but yes. They might well. Some somebody will eventually be back in that spot. That's just how that yeah, spring true. training rotates that way. So, but but there are events there. There's you know based on what he studies, it sounds like I would spend as much time over at Wide World of Sports as I possibly could. Yeah, and and who Maybe knows? Maybe you run you into meet? an ESPN personality. Maybe you run into somebody. Exactly. He might, but, he might yeah. run into his next job. Yeah, exactly. at that time. So yeah, take advantage of those chances. Wait. Let's not forget that Disney exists because Walt was sitting on a bench and had an idea for something to happen. You know, I mean, there, there's, yep. there's so much opportunity that is both that, that exists because the place is there, but also uh, is there because the place exists, you know, and there, I think that the overwhelming majority of people who fall short of what they want to achieve, it's because they weren't hungry. You know, they get surpassed by people who wanted it more than them. So if there's anything, if you really care, if you really want to go be a big deal, and by that I don't mean that you're better than somebody else. I mean that you're being the best that you're capable of being. The way you do that is being unrelentingly hungry to achieve whatever it is you set your sights on. I mean, it it, it is that simple because (laughs) if you want it 80% and someone else wants it 85%, you're – you might even have superior ability, but there's only so much that can do because when people are willing to crawl over broken glass and lose sleep and work a hundred hours a week and give up everything in order to achieve it, they will. And you won't, it is, yep. it is really that it, it boils down to that. So I think with those last few questions, we've exhibited our range going from the debauchery of Vista way to giving some career advice to a listener's uh, child. So uh, why don't we move away from that and uh, maybe back to the debauchery a little bit. Uh, this is coming from Keith Groshans. Uh, he sent a picture of Mickey holding a beer with a lovely uh, Bud Light chandelier. Uh, this is going to go on the show notes. 
But he asks, is his mural still in apartment 2707 at Vista Way? So if anybody has been at that apartment. This uh, guy gets the award for the most specific question we've ever had. (laughs) Uh, Look under the floorboards for possible corpse. Uh, Anything else Keith may have hidden in there. Has anyone thrown a blacklight in any of these apartments? You don't want to do that. Uh, No, don't do that. It's got to look like a Spencer's, right? (laughs) <laughs> We've got a lot of things on the walls here that need to be discussed, though. We've got Bud Dry, okay, a Bud Light chandelier, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, and, I'd that. I have that right in my kitchen. Um, then we've got Ice House. Is that, an, is, is that a beer or is that actually an ice company? That is a beer. Okay. And then rice uh somehow that on is, the wall. That as is well. the San Francisco treat. <laughs> that is the San Francisco treat. Uh, also my nickname in high school, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. So I... Based on that picture, though, I uh, I don't know anybody who didn't have a party apartment that didn't wallpaper their walls with uh, beer, like the the beer boxes, the cases from the beer. You would you yeah, would yeah. drink well, a that, case of that's beer. That's how you and signal then, that fun happens there. That's college yeah. law, I think. That was, yeah. yeah. So everybody did that. The one thing that we did uh, in our little asshole lounge that was a little different was uh, we would go late night to the Orlando Ale House, uh, which was not too far from Vista Way. Uh, Left a steak there once, not long that, ago. That, yeah, that was that's a big that's a big hangout for uh, any. Uh, Disney cast member after hours uh, just because they're open so late and the kitchen's open late. Uh, but back then there was a Shoney's right next to it. And Shoney's always had their little, uh, you know, the little stake in the ground signs out front that you would see any business coming, you know, yeah, put yeah. It, putting out their local whatever deal of the day is or whatever. Uh, we would always leave the Orlando Ale House by going into the Shoney's uh, yard area and stealing as many of those signs as we could. <laughs> And then we would that, – that's what we use for wall decorations. My father would we still show any salt with a regular basis. That's a crime. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it is a crime, uh, but we would do it every time. So I don't know how many signs Shoney's went through that don't summer. I don't think that actually helps. <laughs> but uh, but that, that's what our walls were decorated with, with different uh, Shoney, you know, four ninety nine buffet signs and stuff like that. So it's pronounced buffet. Buffet. We we amused ourselves that way, but yes, the uh, French. decorating your walls was uh, a big, big deal in the uh, in the dorms. Did I ever tell the uh, Miller's Ale House steak story on the show? I don't think so. So Gary Hall of Kingdom Cast fame and I were, were hanging out one night, and we've been doing a is little bit of Is that a Facebook group? It is. It used to be. Podcast? <laughs> so we took, a, uh, <laughs> we took an Uber from his house over, I just over, one over to Miller's. I ordered a steak. <laughs> we, were, we were totally lit. So we Uber home, and I wake up. I don't remember any of that at the time, by the way. I wake up the next morning starving. Walk out, and I'm like, I'd ask his wife, have you seen my steak? And she's like, no. So what had actually happened is Gary and I paid an Uber to drive us there, ordered food. It was put on the bar. We then got an Uber to go home and left without the food. (laughs) So it was perhaps the worst execution of dinner that I've ever been involved in. Do you know if you paid for it? Oh, I absolutely did. <laughs> Both in terms of the money <laughs> and the photos that Gary took of me that night, which are now never going to be deleted from the Take internet. Take a look at our show notes, and those will be on there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the favorite iteration of it is the one where it's me sitting at the bar looking at him, clearly inebriated, with the GTA Wasted logo posted <laughs> underneath my face. <laughs> I, I do have a fun wasted story here in a little bit that I'll save uh, because it could come up as a, a little bit. We're in hour seven of the podcast. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll let you get through a few more questions. Uh, if it, if it, 
works sure, as an it naturally answer. flows in. Yeah, I'll, I'll anyone, on a, anyone on a road trip right now who also happens to like us is like, these guys this. are the best. Yep. <laughs> Everyone else is like, what the fuck? Well, the but first it, hour of the road trip, they've been listening to crickets. So, <laughs> uh, if, it, if it doesn't work as an answer, remind me, I'll say it at the end. Okay, okay. can't wait. <laughs> After show in the back. Next question comes from John Valenti. How many people do the college program after graduating? This is more for Josh than actually his own question. Uh, are there pros and cons of doing it? My son really wanted to do it this summer, but COVID has really screwed his plans. Could you reread the actual question? I'm sorry, I missed the last couple uh, words. How many people do the college program after graduating? Uh, so, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, my wife was one. She had already graduated college. And uh, based on the rules back then, you could do it uh, for – the next Let session. me finish this question because it's kind of funny, and then you can okay. answer it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so now he wants to give it a shot next year after graduation. Uh, we're not really sure what's going on with Josh. I think he's choking in the Josh background. Josh is dying. Sorry. <laughs> he wants to give it a shot uh, next year after graduation, but only if it doesn't interfere with career track. Uh, considering his dream since he was 10 was to work at the boardwalk, I feel like I should encourage him. But Dad's gravy train is running out of steam, and Dad needs to repurpose the cash for bourbon and airfare. So, I love anyway. it. <laughs> First of all, I want to just throw a mad shout out for the honesty there. Yes. That's important. <laughs> it's the uh, homeless person that holds the sign. That's why lies. I, I want booze. I can't speak English, by the way. <laughs> so I'd like to try and answer this question. Yeah, because Ben didn't start. Yeah, right. it's your turn. Oh, I'm sorry. Did he? I'm, <laughs> no. My apologies. Go I'm ahead. trying not to be an interrupter. I'm just not good at it. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say a lot of people do it after they graduate. Uh, my wife did it after she did. Now, the one difference now between, between then and now uh, they had three different sessions uh, with summer being the one of them and being the shortest. So a lot of people would graduate in the spring, go out and do it for three months and then, you know, move on to their career. Now, if you're going to do the program, it's a six month commitment. So you're, you're going to be there for a while. Uh, you're going to be, you, you know, that, that's, that's just the way it is. There is no shorter program than that uh, anymore, especially if it's your first time doing the program. Uh, I think, Maybe we all speak from experience. I, I know. I definitely know what the uh, dad's gravy train part uh, feels like, and the money that's spent on everything. But at the same time, we all get into the workforce and usually get stuck in jobs that we're not all that thrilled about, especially uh, when you first get started and pay is crap and this and that. So <laughs> you know, if you can afford to put off six months to follow your dream and do something you always wanted to do. Go let him do it. Encourage him to do it. He'll never regret it. You know, he'll get to, a you know, scratch that itch and check that box. Uh, otherwise, if, if you get him if you get him started right now uh, in a career path and he'll, he'll be thinking about it forever that he wish he would have had that chance to go do that. So a uh, grand scheme of things, what's what's six months to let him go do it uh, and, and have that fun. And I mean, look at me. I, this is it was what 21 years ago, 22 years ago since I did it. And we're, I still talk about it all the time. It's something that he'll carry with them for the rest of his life. Uh, and you know, you'll get the experience too. The, the, the one thing I can't encourage enough that if your kid goes and does a college program, you know, go do a trip, go out there and see them do their job, go out there and have that fun with them. It's awesome. My parents went out there every time I did it. And you know, it was so much that that's the highlight of my you know time at like the jungle cruise was getting to take my parents around in a boat and, and perform for them. Uh, and and the, those are just memories that you'll carry, carry and cherish the rest of his life. So uh, if you can work it in, encourage it, let them do it. And, and, Grand scheme of things, six months is nothing compared to the rest of his life working uh, in whatever field he ends up going into. If you want more inspirational dialogue, you can refer back to uh, Keith's question from uh, a few minutes ago. <laughs> Josh, you had a point here? 
I mean, Ben really covered it. I was going to say that I think you're much more likely to accidentally run into money by pursuing happiness than you are to run into happiness by pursuing money. So the listener said the one thing that I don't hear from most people is that his son has a goal. Yeah. For so many people, you've really got to understand. I sure as hell didn't in college. I mean, like I said, I I know these people and I ask, you know, what do you want to do? Like, because if I knew, maybe I could help. And yeah. the biggest problem is that most of them don't know where they want to end up. Yeah. So how do you steer the ship if you don't know where the harbor is? And if your son actually has a goal, dude, I've got an ex-wife. I've got three ex-careers. There's been plenty of times where my goal was, as it turns out, not the thing I really wanted. That's okay. I would much rather see him go for the thing he wants and find out that isn't it and then change his mind and keep doing that. Than yeah. just be rudderless and uh, you know trying to put food on the table. So well, and as many times as we complained about the money, that is one key thing. Is he does get paid while doing this? Uh, I you know I worked for an entire year for a professional NBA basketball team and you get paid a dime. You know, there's a lot of times when you're starting off in any career you do, you're going to put in that time, you're going to put in that internship, you're not going to get paid at all. At least with this, he will draw a paycheck. There will be some money being earned while he's doing this, uh, doing this gig. So, uh, you know, in college or just out of college, yeah. that shouldn't be the only motivator. But you're absolutely right. Like I, I agree. Yeah. I, I wish somebody had told me uh, in college or uh, just out of college to take an un- unpaid internship uh, somewhere. Um, and I mean, my passion was baseball. Uh, secondarily, you know, a few years later, I think it became Disney again. But. Yeah, I think had I uh, done something like that in college, I would have had a better chance and perhaps had a different career path. But you never know. I'll throw the flip side of the coin out there. I I applied to be a simulator instructor back in the day when I was about 22 at a very well-known international simulator operator for commercial pilots. And I didn't get the job and they told me I wasn't experienced enough. And my my mentor at the time was the CEO of an airline said, "Um, you know, I see they have a position open to be the manager actually the supervisor of the job that I applied for. He goes, why don't you apply for that? And I went and applied for it and I got the job. So I wasn't qualified enough to be the instructor, but I was qualified enough to be the instructor's supervisor. So my point being this, I suggested in my previous comment that you issue money in order to pursue happiness, but hell, there might be an opportunity there to, to get both. You know, yeah. if your son really knows what he wants to be, if, if what he wants to do is run a hotel then I would say go do whatever it is that any smart person would think of might help you do that. Get experience in hospitality, get experience in management, and then forget about go being whatever they assign you to be. Go apply to be the director of that hotel. I mean, uh, you know, so many people just don't get what they want because they never actually admitted to themselves that that's what they want. So if you've got a son that has that clarity of mind, then plan for that. I secretly, though, hope that he like paid for all these years for his kid to go like become a lawyer or something like that. And now he does, <laughs> now he does the program and, and he's going to call his dad one day and be like, dad, all I want to be is Tigger for the rest of my life. And we just totally <laughs> ruined this kid's life. Uh, yeah. So this is awesome. I hope, I hope this how, how it plays out. I went to ben, law school. Ben I, got a doc- with that. Go I got a doctorate in law and now I'm, now I do a podcast about Disney with a bunch of 40 something year old losers. How do you think my dad feels? I did get audition. I did get talked into going no to audition for a character uh, during my second program, and actually got picked. I got put through. I, if you go look at my Disney ledger, I was cleared to become a Captain Hook, uh, mm-hmm. but there was no Captain Hook spots available when I got through the audition. So they're like, if one opens up, you're you're on the list. You'll get a call. 
So nothing opened up that entire summer. I was there. I go back to school. I go through my entire fall semester, go through my winter break. I get back in January. Uh, I'm in my dorm and I get a phone call from Disney and they're like, we have a captain's hook spot open. Uh, you're next on the list. It's yours. And I, that, that did cross my mind at that point. It's like, how do I call my dad and tell him I'm dropping out of college to go be Captain Hook at Disney World. So Well, you already went I, to clown college, so <laughs> I think you're good. True, true, true. So I did have to turn that position down, unfortunately. Never got to put the head on, but uh, it was a dream. But maybe <laughs> maybe uh, who's, who sent the email, maybe that's his son will get to do that. Yeah, that was uh, John Valenti. Sorry, John, we just ruined your son's life. <laughs> we got uh, we got a plug from uh, from one Leonard Kinsey. Uh, I know him. Rec- no he, way! He, he, uh, he recommended a book, and the only reason why this is going to fly is uh, I recommend you <laughs> buy it through our Amazon affiliate link. This is a book uh, on his publishing channel uh, by Gary Wren. It is called Party to Pixie Dust, 99 Memories of My Walt Disney World College Program. So for people that enjoy these types of discussions, presumably hey, that is a book to read. Hey, Leonard. Leonard, I've got that book sitting right next to me right now. I bought it. So I, I, I agree. It's a fun book. It's a fun read. I'm bothered by the fact that there's no way that the actual number of memories that the dude had was 99. There's got to be like a 104th <laughs> one that he just didn't put in there. You know, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and plug Dark Side of Disney, too. I really enjoyed that read. Dark Side. Yeah, that's a good book. Uh, Dark Side. One more college program question and a couple of more, a couple more that are just kind of out there. An uh, hour five of our show. Yep. Uh, this comes from Joel Nans. Are there college program positions in non-guest-facing departments? It seems like a grounds-slash-landscaping uh, crew or painting and refurbishment team would be fun jobs without being too serious. I can't imagine for what he specified that you're going to have no. college kids doing that stuff. But there might be no. other ones. Uh, uh, one of Lisa's roommates uh, sat in the back of uh, the Beach Club Resort and washed dishes day in and day night, uh, all day long. That's all she did. That might be uh, the type of thing you're talking about. Like the yeah, back so the, she the she didn't she didn't inter- she didn't interact with people. Didn't nothing. She hated the job. Uh, you know, she she beaches and cream was one of her positions, and you know how late beaches and cream stays open, and how long people stay in there, and she's got to scrub every bowl, and I mean, she <laughs> she literally would come home with just like chocolate ice cream up and down her arms. It was uh not a great experience for her. She did not like the job so at that, all. That she, was the she, kind of uh Vista yeah, that story that I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah, I really feel like you screwed this one up, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, uh, she. Yeah, let's save the chocolate coated girl for the end of the show. We're no longer talking about sex. Nice. <laughs> But she, she came in like at three o'clock in the morning after working like 14 hours. So she wanted to take a shower and go to bed. So that was, that was it. But yeah, she, there, there are definitely positions like that, but it's not glam. Those positions are not glamorous. It doesn't seem, yeah. you know, you could, you definitely could be working in the kitchen of cosmic rays and slinging hot dogs and hamburgers all day long. Uh, never getting, you know, to me, that was always part of the payoff. If a, if a position was so long and, uh, tedious and not fun. At least you would get those times where you get interact with guests and, uh, you know, hopefully make up for it a little bit, but those positions, you never saw the light of day. You, you would, uh, so you're saying it's it's not true that Bob Iger was a CP applicant and they assigned him CEO. No, not the two. I I can't say that truthfully one way or the other. It definitely could happen, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, those positions rarely are very glamorous and they don't, they aren't, as cool as the ones that he described in his uh, email. So uh, speaking of landscaping, we have a, 
another email. This is coming to us from Keegan McCann. Uh, specifies, Dear Josh and Ben. I'm apparently not involved here. Uh, <laughs> long-time out. listener Keegan McCann here again. I have some follow-up questions. I've run out of green paint for my arid Southern California front lawn. It's a problem. I've called 14 different turf companies. What are your opinions on turf? Yeah. Another I question have, I have. I have an answer to that one. That's easy. Astro. One. No, 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 no. That's because you're Texas bias in there, buddy. <laughs> Another question I have. You know, let, let's go to the turf question. All right, Josh, what, what's your answer? Yeah, so what you're going to want to do is go to your Dollar General. <laughs> they have a whole wall full of Chia Pets. Okay. Now, what you could do, you throw the ceramic part away, but you take the seed packet. You what if it's like that, a Bob Ross, though, Bob Ross one, though? I think you want to keep that. You might want to keep them. There's probably some collectible value on eBay for some of these. <laughs> but honestly, without without the seed, which let's face it, it is the most exciting part of a chia pet is the chia part, which is Latin obviously for uh, green fuzzy stuff that grows shockingly fast. So what you're going to do is pour those packets out in your yard, hose that down a little bit and then just wait. And what you're going to have is a lush, beautiful one inch tall putting green that will be the envy of the entire neighborhood. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, Moving on to Keegan's next question. Another question I have is what was all the hype uh, about the horizons ride in Epcot? Uh, that's going to be. Uh, I think mm. we can probably touch on that in like seven seconds. Yeah, Josh, want to hit that? It sucked. <laughs> uh, I'll also make sure to bring the mac and cheese to Thanksgiving. Yours last year was horrible. I'm still awaiting my invitation to the hit podcast. Marty called. Keegan I would McKinnon. like to invite Keegan McKinnon on. Is he above the age of majority yet? No. Okay, then we can't have him on yet. But listen, <laughs> when you hit 18, uh, we're going to have you on. You think he's going to talk to his uncle when he's 18? Yeah, he seems. Nope. I kind of. I kind of like this guy. <laughs> He's got he he's got a certain je ne sais quoi to him that I enjoy. His, his creepy uncle Keegan. I sincerely hope that you're not listening to this podcast. Yep. Keegan. <laughs> and Keegan. Uh, to my sister, I apologize. DM me, Keegan. Women, I'll, some, I'll, women sometimes do Keegans in order to keep it tight. Keegan, my DMs no, that's, are that's, open. That's, I'll tell you all kegels, the good stuff. Uh, kegels, Josh. Just to clarify, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got another question from Seth Crawford. And this is going to be leading into a future show, but uh, do you guys think the Disney Forward program is Disney planning on expanding both theme parks, or do you think we could see a downtown Disney theme park? Very similar to Universal's Epic Universe in Florida. Universal is using a newer theme park method that allows everyone into the shopping district, uh, shopping slash dining district, but you have to have paid admission to enter the various lands. So this is something that came out uh, a week or so ago on the Disney forward program, going to Disneyland. I'm guessing most of our listeners are familiar with what this is. Um, At this point, I really think that this is Disney trying to force the hand of Anaheim and whatever, what it sounds like and and whatever they showed, be it concept art, be it anything, anything related to it. It is really just getting them to change how certain things are zoned and, to that point, how that materializes, I'm guessing Disney does not know yet. They just need to get the first step done, which is get public interest in a project and force the hand of Anaheim. And they've got a very potentially vulnerable uh, city who has not had revenue from the Disney parks in uh, at this point now over a year. So I think they're taking advantage of that. And uh, we are going to be doing a show about this at some point in the future as to what they could potentially do in this space. But it's a, it's a great question. I don't know if you guys have any additional commentary on it, but that's my my takeaway yeah. from it. I mean, I think you hit it well. I mean, if you read that article, if if you if you haven't read it, go read it. If you if you have, go read it again. I think 
with the idea that Tim just said in mind, uh, you and I had the exact same takeaway. That was a very, it's a strategic message before the, the show, I commented that it's like an oral description of concept art. There's no real <laughs> concrete idea there, except that the the takeaway I think is the company is willing to spend money on things if the municipality is willing to cooperate with what it is that they want to do. And right. I think you're exactly right. There's there is a clear the only reason to do that. I mean, a company that not that Disney's a particularly secretive company, but I think the reason to publicly uh, produce that message is to get support for that so that the uh, you know the people who are running city council who are ever making those decisions whoever has electoral accountability there realizes that there's momentum and support behind whatever changes the company's going to ask for that was i think it's pretty clear i don't really think they even tried to hide it that much yeah i mean they they just took uh what you could decipher from the quote unquote concept art is they lifted projects from other projects around the world and Wakanda yeah. and just put it in an area. And yep. while Disney has been in the habit in the last five years of putting things where they don't necessarily belong, this is really that they just said, yeah. this is a bunch of themed areas and we're going to put it in a, uh, a strip that's adjacent to these parks and we'll figure out a way to do it later. It really is just trying to get the, uh, the city of Anaheim to, uh, to, to, act and change things that they established back in the nineties. So yeah. my takeaway was that that question had nothing to do with the college program. So what the hell do you send that in for? <laughs> oh. I may have opened the window for that. Uh, so speaking close by speaking of questions that have nothing to do with the college program, we have <laughs> another one from uh, Bruce McClintock who gives us uh, show McClintock! topics on a, on a regular basis. Uh, and this is no exception to it. It will McClintock! be a separate show. He is great. We should have um, – if we have any musicians uh, that can do a uh, McClintock theme song for us that we can yeah. just play anytime his, his name is mentioned, life. we'd appreciate it. <laughs> ben can, can be, do the vocals on it. I will point out before Tim reads the question that ultimately what you're going to find out is that it isn't a question. I'm, I'm not going to read uh, the question. We'll, <laughs> oh. we'll wait Making for the actual show. Making choices out of household materials, McClintock. <laughs> Paperclip diffuse a bomb. <laughs> The man's a freaking genius, McClintock. Seven forty-seven got an edge of failure. Do you have a clothespin? You're fine. <laughs> I love this guy. And on that note, let's wrap the show. Uh, did, if you, did you have a question, you know, you're not reading you know, those emails. You, you can email us at martycall@gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter under the username at martycalled, or join in on the discussions in our Facebook group, facebook.com/groups/martycalled. We might have a few more uh, uh, applicants to Marty Called because uh, a certain other group may have uh, now become <laughs> defunct. Anyway, we would also appreciate our listeners bookmark- bookmarking our Amazon affiliate link over on martycalled.com. The real tax day is coming. Up and the best place to buy adding machine tape and Microsoft Excel software for your favorite accountant is on Amazon.com through our affiliate link. What Doesn't is the actual filing deadline as of today? May seventeenth. Do you see that being extended? No. Damn. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything, but helps fund the show with purchases you should be making. You don't pay anyway. your taxes anyway. That's true. I don't. Shh. Oh, Josh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, we, yeah, Tim. I gotta edit that out. <laughs> ben, where can we find you online? The IRS has joined the chat. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter uh, at 
backside underscore water, and uh, that's all I'm going to plug, because I don't know if anybody else I work for would like to be associated with the comments I made on tonight's show. Probably best. <laughs> uh, Josh, where can we find you online? I'm at utilidors.com, but I spelled it wrong, so it's like door, like the thing that you have between your living room and your porch. Okay. I have a sunroom between the two. <laughs> Ooh, look at me. I'm fancy with my sunroom. No, no I, don't have, I don't have a sunroom. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Goodbye. See you soon. McClintock, sending emails into every Marty called show. McClintock never gets an answer, so he gets his own show. McClintock, the guy's a freaking genius. McClintock! <laughs>